with Ratboy. It's your one-stop shop for discovering what's in Tim Allen's trash this week, dirty work quotes with no context, and rabid praise of the Cincinnati Reds' bullpen. And just for our listeners, brought to you by the grace of the tube, here's a sneak peek at this week's episode of The Rat Hour with Rat Boy. Rat Boy. David said that uh, you were talking about me shaving my huevos or something. You know what? Rat Boy. Man, this is my job! I take it seriously, man! Oh, that rat boy, he sure is something, huh? Well, if you want to find out what's really going on, you got to tune in to the Rat Hour with Rat Boy, part of the Tube Podcast Network. All right, let's start the show. And uh, this, uh, this is a top three podcast. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Top 3 Podcast, where we honor the time-old tradition of listing our favorite things and arguing about it. Today's topic for the episode is Top 3 Stand-Up Comedians. My name is Dave Jackson, joined today by Aaron Engel. Sup? Alan Nichols. Hey, everybody. Fan favorite and local open mic hero, Bloodbath McGrath. So, uh, che- cheese is a pretty weird thing, right? I've been I've been eating a lot of cheese lately, and I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. It just throws up. Uh, and we're joined today by a special guest, top three enthusiast, and owner of the local coffee shop Groove Coffee Roasters. If you live in Seoul, South Korea, which I know some of you do, Chris Reddig. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. Good to have What's you, man. Up? Yeah, good to be here. Hey, Chris. Long-time listener. Always love the show. Long-time first time? Uh, I'll give you my top three. I'll take my answer off the air. See ya. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Which Which one of us do you love the most? And you're wrong if you don't say Bloodbath. Oh, man. Honestly, Aaron was probably the most fun to listen to until you said you don't like skateboarding. And then I was like, fuck that guy. And yeah. I literally have no memory. (laughs) Well, it stuck with me. It stuck with me. I was just looking actually, and uh, we've we've recorded and published like sixty plus hours of podcasts at this point. So, like anything that we've said on podcasts has probably long been forgotten at this point. That's fair. Um, yeah. So before we start, anyone who's listening, thank you for coming to the show. Please tip your waitress, and also please tell your friends about the show. Uh, perhaps you can tell them you're going to perform at your local open mic. You know, first time getting up on stage, you need your friends there to support you. Uh, but when you go up on stage, what you should do is actually just like press play on a tape recorder or your phone and put your phone up to the microphone, which is a top three podcast. And uh, that way you can let everyone in the audience know about the show. You can also subscribe, give a rating and review and follow our social media pages at a top three podcast you can leave your own top three in the comments when we post our episodes you can chat with me uh dave who's running most of the uh, accounts there i'll chat with you about our topics you can also participate in our listener calls those are put out on fridays in the u.s where we will get your top threes to feature in the show 
So again, check the episode description for links to those pages. If this is your first time, the way the game works is we've all picked our three, and we're all going to say our number three is at the beginning, then number two is in the middle, then number one's at the end, with honorable mentions and listener responses. Chris, this was your topic for uh, to bring to the show as a guest. So what made you want to talk about stand-up comedians? Dude, honestly, I like after I told you that, and a couple of days of just thinking about it, I was like, fuck, I regret <laughs> choosing this topic. It's so hard. It's a big topic, and there's so many. It's uh, so hard to choose. Like, talking with my wife as well, like, hey, like, who are yours? Like, you know, help me kind of navigate this. And she just brought up even ones that I had forgotten about who actually ended up on my list. So, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm... Stand-up comedy is just, yeah, it's one of my favorite things. I constantly have it on in the background, like if I'm playing games and stuff. Um, it's one of the th- one of the things that my wife and I connect on a lot, too, um, which we'll probably talk a little bit more about later. But, yeah, uh, it's also just they're fucking funny people. I don't know. It's We need that. We need funny people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally agree, man. Anytime, anytime I talk to someone and they're like, yeah, I don't really like stand-up comedy. I'm like, what? How? Weird. I, I don't, don't understand. like you. <laughs> yeah. I, I watch way more stand-up comedy than I do TV or movies and stuff. I would like by far way more stand-up comedy. Yeah, this is uh this is fucking brutal, this topic. Uh I as soon as you put it in the um Discord the group chat, I was like, okay, like you know, stand-up comedians. And I had three pretty much instantaneous instantaneously and then had another three and another three and like every day it's been just like this like hellscape of like god damn it how can i i'm there's so <laughs> many people are going to be left on the table so how did i many forget carrot damn top? people <laughs> dude i'm telling you what so many people left on the table and i i'm really interested to hear i think i know aaron's verbatim already um but i'm really interested to hear uh if there's a few people that wind up on your list or not um where some people are going to fall so um i i'm very excited to hear what everybody's picks are yeah and i'm kind of banking on people kind of cleaning up some of those other comedians that i really want to talk about but can't because we can only put you know 3 in our big list to talk about so should say before we start this is top three stand-up comedians, and th- my list is based on the merits of their stand-up comedy. So, like, like Adam Sandler does stand-up sometimes, but he's not going to be on my list even though he's one of my favorite actors uh, because I really, really... I like Adam Sandler for his acting, not so much for stand-up and the Lunch Lady song or whatever the fuck it was. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. Like, the list is based on the merits of their stand-up comedy. So uh, let's get into it. And before we get into our lists, we have a Michael Bumpus alert. Steven Root. Oh, that's right. We switched it from uh, Michael Bumpus to Steven Root because Steven <laughs> I just I just remembered that right before I said like you could if you go back and listen, there's like a half second where I said mm, and then I switched it. I almost yeah. forgot. Because we decided in the top three scary movies episode that Steven Root's the greatest actor ever. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Michael Bumpus uh, alert. Aaron, can you um, explain for the nice people what a Michael Bumpus alert is if it's their first time? Well, uh, Michael Bumpus is the uh, greatest football player of all time. If you were to ask somebody, hey, who's your favorite football player? 
their response would obviously be, oh, you mean aside from Michael Bumpus? And you would be like, of course, Michael Bumpus is too my favorite football player. So technically, <laughs> who's your second favorite? But we'll count that as your favorite because Michael Bumpus is such an obvious answer. And we we, we have kind of a, a different Michael Bumpus. Uh, I, I, I don't think he would make it on our list as far as like one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time, but it's somebody that we do do need. Just throwing that out there. He'd be on my list. Fair enough. But it is somebody that we do think takes a, uh, that we want to take a second to talk about. So Dave, who is our Michael Bumpus this week? Our Michael Bumpus is Norm MacDonald. And we haven't had a real chance to talk about him on the show um, since he died, uh, which was very sad. I'm a huge fan of Norm MacDonald. And like, Dirty Work is one of my favorite movies and I appreciate Norm Macdonald in his like his acting stuff but he is one of my favorite stand-ups. His stand-up specials are like super super funny to me and I I I actually watch them more often than I watch maybe some of the people that are on my list. But I wanted to give us a chance to talk about why uh, Norm Macdonald was so funny for us. Um even we're a little bit, you know, late on the people doing, you know, in memoriam Norm Macdonald stuff, but Norm Macdonald has the funniest comedic timing and cadence of anybody I've ever watched. There's, he, it's to the point where he could be saying anything, and the way he's talking is is so funny. You're you're just in on whatever he's going to say, and he takes those awkward breaks before he puts in punchlines, or he throws them out too early sometimes and catches you off guard. And it's just he's just so funny. Um, I, and I recommend if you are not really familiar with his comedy, if you're more familiar with his Saturday Night Live stuff, uh, if I remember, I'll put this in the episode description. There's a big, long joke he tells in one of his more recent stand-up specials about how he would like plot to murder uh, like a woman because he's basing he does this joke about how they tell stories about people getting murdered and buried in shallow graves and then he goes into like this 15 minute joke about how he would do it and it's just it's perfect norm mcdonald comedy so i'll put that in the description also the the famous conan o'brien moth joke is just peak norm mcdonald in my opinion so He's he's definitely one of the best. I don't know if he would be on any on anyone else's list here, but he's definitely one of my favorites. And he's like the you, you know, like again, his stand-up comedy never really did like it's it's funny, don't get me wrong, but I could never be like, okay, this guy is better than any of the other three on my list. What I I remember Norm Macdonald mostly from Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. He was on uh the show in that in, to me, what is like the greatest era, which would have been like the early to like mid to late 90s of SNL. Uh, he was like the uh, weekend update host uh, during that time. And to, to me, he was like his style of comedy, that that dry wit like that he has uh, meshed perfectly with that. And like Dave said, he was in Dirty Work and Dirty Work is just one of those movies where like if you like if you've seen it and you like it it, it it is like a cult movie like nobody will ever go out and say hey this movie is fucking awesome but if you want to see norm mcdonald like incarnate like like what a movie would be like that came out of his head and you like what he's doing that it, it's the perfect movie to me it's a 10 out of 10 on the comedy scale uh but i'll always remember him for uh saturday night live uh norm would not have made my list um I think he's super funny. Dirty Work is one of my favorite movies. Um, I loved him on SNL. I think he is really funny. 
Um, I actually think the only stand-up of his I've ever seen is uh, that Netflix special that came out one or two years ago, um, and it was really it was good. I I definitely laughed. Like um, you know, he's got a really you know he's he's one of the you know top five kind of like unique voices in comedy as far as just his style and his technique and his approach. So um, you know, it's really sad that he's not around anymore. I think he was definitely funny. Um, Somebody will have to tell me. I, I just haven't looked. Um, I don't know if he's like written any like books or anything like that, but I'd imagine if he has, like, they'd probably be pretty good. I think he'd lend himself really well to writing. You know, like George, like George Carlin wrote books, and I thought, you know, the, they were really funny. And I thought, you know, I feel like Norm Macdonald would be somebody that would could write something. He wrote and like an autobiography, but it's like, it's it's like half fiction and half true like he he wrote an autobiography but like a lot of the stuff is just made up or jokes uh throughout it and it's really really good and it's based on um it a lot of it deals with him gambling and like losing all of his money and trying to like trying to get money back to like pay his uh like his bookies and stuff which i guess is true from his real life he was like a real degenerate gambler and like lost his fortune several times so like there's some like truth to the book but it's also like it's also comedy it's pretty good so yeah look that up is that the one called based on a true story i don't know it's in the other room um but i think i don't think he's written any other books so yeah and one of the things about norm Macdonald before we uh get away from this is that if you ask any of the other like comedians that worked with him in like any format every single one of them will tell you he's the funniest human being they've ever met and every yeah. single one of them has a hundred stories about this one time he did the funniest thing they've ever seen yeah 100 percent. i think i kind of agree like he wouldn't be on my top three at all i i like his his stand-up comedy is fine but honestly i think the things that impresses me the most is that when he goes on like interviews and talk shows and stuff like that he's he's one of the funniest people he just it's like He's totally himself, it seems like. You know, a lot of people, they go on there and it seems like they almost have prepared, like comedians especially, they go on talk shows and it seems like they have like prepared things that they're going to talk about or, you know, maybe not like a script, but he just sounds like he's just telling weird fucking stories about his weird life and they're hilarious, which is, I don't know, it's very comfortable to watch, if that makes sense. Yeah, and Conan O'Brien said in uh he did a podcast with Andy Richter like after Norm died, uh just talking about his memories of Norm coming on the show and he said like a couple of those really famous clips that Norm did was when like oh like this guest canceled. Norm, I know you don't have any material, but we need you to do something for 8 minutes. And he was like, "Yeah, sure, okay." And he went on and did this like just these insane long winding jokes that he tells and he he did that with like no preparation sometimes it's just really really good testament to how funny he was so uh so i did not watch norm mcdonald's stand up um i kind of like dirty work it's pretty good um but norm mcdonald to me will always be the weekend update guy and um and he's probably one of my favorite ones too. And my particular favorite Norm Macdonald story is all of the times, oh, and they there's a mashup on of it on YouTube. 
um, all of the times where he ragged on O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like went in on him, dude. Yeah. Like really went at him. I mean, every single time he was on Weekend Update. And it, I think that it led to him leaving the show. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that's... He, yeah, for sure. That's why he, he, got, totally he, got, okay. he got told by his bosses who were friends with OJ, like, hey, stop doing it. And that just made him do right. it even more. And then he got fired. Yeah. Oh, that's that's just so great. I mean, like I like I said, I don't know what his stand-up's like, um, but, man, that is just the old fuck you. I'm, I'm just, just going to say, like, if you if you haven't listened to or watched his stand-up and you think he's funny... I find it very hard to believe that you wouldn't also really like his stand-up because it's just him doing these longer jokes and it's really good. That's probably true. Um, I just I never really got into stand-up uh, the same way that you guys did. Oh, this is going to be a good episode then. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to have <laughs> probably probably either some some really generic opinions or some really like uh, misguided opinions about stand up so i'm i'm interested to see how this goes it's fine That's we'll let you know Alan. when you're wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah right, exactly. I, I will say the funniest like norm mcdonald weekend update moment is like after they like read the oj verdict the very first joke he did is like all right i'm norm mcdonald's weekend update first news story murder is legal in california <laughs> i almost <laughs> almost <laughs> that was so that was i like how aaron's so reaction good. to everything is that he's almost shitting his pants I he's think just he has... <laughs> constantly doing the turtle head all the time Aaron and I, any, eat, I eat a lot anything, of fiber. Anything could be the thing that pushes him, well, pushes it through. I eat a lot of black pepper chicken. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into our lists. So I'm going to get us started. Um, and this, uh, my number three is somebody who kind of like burst on with me in the last couple of years. Like if we would have done this podcast five years ago, this person wouldn't have been on because I hadn't heard of him yet. But I think Tom Segura is fucking hilarious and he's my number three tom segura have you you guys familiar with him yes. i'm so happy oh that yeah you mentioned yeah him. absolutely man yeah i mean you just made my night dave because i don't have to talk about him yeah, yeah exactly i feel like a lot of this is going to be like somebody mentions somebody and then it's going to be like okay cool he's not on my top three but i yeah, want exactly. it to be so gonna, like we can still him. talk about it yeah. <laughs> except yeah. alan <laughs> Yeah, I, I looked him up i looked him up i do not recognize him so never heard of the guy Okay, so uh, what I like about uh, Tom Segura is kind of the same thing as Norm Macdonald is he has he has this great timing and in his act he does uh, he does like he goes into some voices like not to the extent that like Jim Gaffigan does, but he goes into these voices. He he like throws his own reactions into his jokes, you know, like something crazy happens and he's like, what like that? Uh, but he does it, you know, much better than me. Of course, he does these facial expressions that are really good, and he's just—he has like this very similar reaction to how I feel like I would react in that situation too. It makes it—it it makes it really easy to connect with what he's talking about, and he goes into like really dirty stuff sometimes, but it's not all he does. I feel like a—not a lot, but like some stand-ups. They're they're like, oh, I'm gonna be the guy that just talks about fucking raw dogging all the time. That's my thing. And Tom Segura, <laughs> Jim Gaffigan, 
<laughs> yeah, like Gaff again. <laughs> Tom Segura do, will do like one joke per special like that. And it's really funny. And then he stops doing it and he goes on talking about like other stuff. Um, and I, I really appreciate that, that too. So that's my number three is Tom Segura. Very, very funny. What what I will say very quickly, I every single uh, special that he's ever done is like a 10 out of 10 to me. I love Tom Segura. Uh, the last one he did, I felt was just not him. You know, I know a lot of people who like really like the last one he released on Netflix uh, like last year or something like that. I really just it like it did not it, it didn't to me like feel like a Tom Segura special. It almost felt like he was like angry and trying too hard uh but uh, aside from that like tom segura is one of the funniest people i don't listen to any other podcast i do a po- i don't listen to podcasts but uh every once in a while as background noise I'll, i don't know what it's called but the one with him and his uh wife who's also a comedian they, it's they're very your very mom's house. House. your mom's house yeah and it's it's very funny too so he's just he's just a really funny dude and like you said he's super relatable like he's our age ish talking about our age ish things like you know and probably you know, one of the only stand-up comedians that's still out there doing stuff today on a regular basis that I actually enjoy. It's interesting you said that, like, he has – that this last special was not super great. I think it almost feels like when people do these these podcasts, because it's just, like, the thing now, right? Like, every every famous person has a podcast now. Including and, us, famous right, people yeah, with podcasts. Bloodbath. <laughs> they <laughs> – it's like they run out of content almost. I'm going to say that that's not the right, that's not the right word, but like, it's like they're constantly trying to improve their, their craft. So it's like, I have to be better than the last, the last special. I need to be better than the current podcast that I'm doing now. I need to have something different, something innovative. So, I mean, obviously I'm just like speculating here, but it just feels like some of these these guys who have podcasts, I think like Bill Burr as well, um, who I'm sure will come up tonight. But it, it's like they're trying to reach for something a little bit, yeah, and if, more and than if what they, they have. have and if they have like a, you know, a thing in their head where they're like, I don't want to repeat material from my podcast on my special because I, th- as some comedians do that, like I think. I want to feel like it was Louis CK who brought up that idea, like kind of brought it into the mainstream of like, I do my special and then like I burn it and I never do it again. And if they, and if they, if people with podcasts are kind of thinking like, I said that on a podcast already, I don't want to put that in my special. Then yeah, I can see that uh, kind of being true. I, Chris, you want it, Chris, your original idea for this podcast was to do top three comedy specials. And I just, I can't remember individual specials. So I'm, yeah, for having sure. Having trouble remembering this this latest Tom Segura special, even though I know I watched it. Chris, I want to I, I want to say I, I agree and I disagree because I, I think you're 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 right in what you're saying, but I also think there's like, you know, with um, you know, the pandemic and everybody's kind of stopped touring for the time being, uh, or it's just kind of starting up again. I I kind of agree, but I think that there's a little bit of a, you know, it's hard to judge it. Um, that last special right now because uh you know it feels like it came out you know i'm sure they recorded it before everything shut down but it you know it, to me kind of has a little bit of that vibe to it to where i kind of feel like you know there wasn't time to like really hone the jokes or really work on the material in the right way so i kind of feel like how that special comes off um a little unfocused versus the last couple but uh I I do like I said I kind of agree with what you're saying about the podcast and um, Alan I just want to say man like you should definitely do yourself a treat and watch uh, 
completely normal by Tom Segura on uh, Netflix. That's his first special, and it's fucking great, dude. Holy shit, it's so good. Steven Seagal stuff is great. Yeah, the Steven yeah, Seagal maybe bits I'll give are it a, fantastic. Maybe I'll give it a watch. Hell yeah. I didn't mean to come across as like, I didn't like it. I actually loved his last special. Both both my wife and I thought it was hilarious. I think he is wonderful. He definitely would have been on my list if I didn't think someone else was going to mention him. So, Oh, I love, I like that one too. I, I listen to it almost every night when I go to bed. <laughs> it's me to sleep. I mean, in a good yeah. way, I just said, like, I like watching it. Yeah. And uh, you, you play it for your daughter when she's going to sleep too. It puts her right out. Oh, That's man. right. Take it all in. <laughs> and they watch uh, the shining at breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> every yep. morning. Okay, let's move on to Aaron and Aaron's number three. All right, my number three. This is like the heart. This is you. You. You really like through. I think everybody for a loop here, Chris. This is really hard. So, okay. So my number three is going to be Patrice O'Neill. Um, I think anybody who has listened to Patrice O'Neill uh, knows that. Uh, you know the 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 biggest uh, like one of the best things he does is like his audience like interaction stuff dave told me one time and this is one of those many reasons why i hate ohio state now uh but dave told me one time that like you know they you were always getting like cool people to come to the ohio state campus you yeah. said priest patrice o'neill came one time he and he was like i know every like sex thing ever like if you if you shout out like a sex position or a sex something's like i know what it is and people were yelling things like the alaskan pipeline and the pink sock and he was just without hesitation like being like, oh yeah, that's when this happens. That's when yeah. this happens. And one of the more that like, in, you, you know, the, it's it's kind of the reason why he never got like crazy famous as an actor because he's definitely like, he was one of the better comedians doing that. Uh, you, you know, out there doing it, he could have been famous, but like, he he was just like he was just way too raw. Like he was way too real. Like his elephant in the room. But like he, I, I don't remember if I was listening to like opie and anthony i don't remember if that's what it's called but or something like that where he was a guest and he was kind of explaining like his process is almost like i want to make you feel uncomfortable i want to know what makes you like squirm and then i want to jump on that because that's what you know he was trying to get to the core of uh but on top of that he's also extremely funny he has a he had r.i.p just fyi he had a uh like, I, I guess it, it was more of a radio show than it was a podcast, but it was called uh, The Black Phillips Show. And it was basically him, like, giving men advice at how to be better men in, like, a very inappropriate and terrible way uh, that I listened to. Like, I listened to all of The Black Phillips Show at a time in my life where I, like, I really needed to hear some of the things he was saying. Like uh, one of those things, you know, what he was trying to do is he was trying to like help guys who were having like love problems and this and this and this. And he was his basically thing was like, he's like, I'm fat. I get pussy. Here's what you got to do. Quit being a bitch. And like, it was one of those <laughs> things that I had to hear at that time to, to really make like the shift in my life to like, you know who I am now. And I, I know that sounds so crazy, but I, I listened to it at the exact right point in my life to where it, it definitely resonated uh, into me like just accepting you know things about myself and you know realizing that like everything is within my control and i i control my happiness you know what i mean the, we're, we're big big themes about how you can only make yourself happy and you cannot rely on other people to do that and it's really weird like that i learned that lesson through listening to patrice o'neill talk 
Uh, I'm not going to go on anymore. Same thing with Norm Macdonald, man. You talk to any of the comedians that work with Patrice, like all of them will say he is the funniest guy. Like yep. a room yep. full of comedians are there. Everybody knows Patrice O'Neill is the funniest person in the room. Everybody knows Patrice is going to attack them. Everybody knows he's going to do a really, really good job of it. Um, but yeah, man, I, I can't say enough things. Patrice O'Neill, number three, man. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things real quick about Patrice. That, that, crowd work he did with like those like uh uh those sacrilegious sects act was like i could not figure out like at least 10 minutes long of people just shouting oh the the trojan helmet oh the you know the british conquistador and he'd be like oh yeah (laughs) yeah shit and like i guarantee you he he knew half and he was just improvising the other half and it was 100 goddamn absolutely and like the other thing the the thing you said like his crowd work is great and like i would be terrified to sit in the front row of any comedy show oh any God. comedian that i respect because like i don't want to be a part of your bit that would <laughs> that would really fuck me up emotionally but patrice o'neill would be like the worst because he would cut into <laughs> he like care. he would cut into who you are as a person just from looking at you and he does it in some <laughs> of his specials and it's so funny uh, and he's, he's- totally agree dude he's one of the ones who like when you listen to like bill burr talk on his podcast uh he is always like no 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 like okay like you think i'm funny you think some of these other guys are funny patrice o'neill was the best and everyone knew that so yeah great pick there's this and we can move on but there's this one uh an elephant in the room where there's like this really scrawny like awkward looking white guy in the front row and he picked on him like basically his entire special that they actually (laughs) aired and shit and one of the things he asked the guy was he was basically like hey that's your girl right there man and he's like yeah he's like man that is some top shelf white woman right there and i almost (laughs) keep myself and then he basically went on to like asking him. He's like, "So, is she let you? Uh, she let you like raw dog, or is she let you go in raw band?" The guy, you could just tell the guy is like so fucking embarrassed, and he doesn't give a shit. He just deeper and deeper and deeper. You're uncomfortable. Okay, I'm doing exactly what I need to do to get a laugh here. Like, guy's just so funny, man. Yeah. R.I.P. Seriously, so sad. Yeah. I have some. Uh, I have some like issues with the way he talks about women for sure, but it's. I like oh, to think absolutely. that it's part of the joke. Like it's, that's why I don't like the Black Phillips show. It's it's a little bit too much for me. But uh his his stand-up specials, he gets into that, but you can tell he's you can tell he's doing like bits. He's doing jokes and it's it's very funny his stand-up yes. stuff. Also just very funny when he pops up in like cameos in TV shows. Like his he has, <laughs> like, he has a yeah. cameo in Arrested Development that yeah. I just I think about. Uh did you burn down the banana stand? Oh, most definitely. Like oh, very confidently definitely. says that. It's I think Dave about says, that like oh, once most a week. Definitely, literally because of that. Yeah, the, that's his go-to. <laughs> yes, like answer oh, when he's going to say yes. That's what he says instead. Yeah, Patrice is great. Um, I just never really um connected with him. I don't, I don't have anything negative to say. I just I never really. He never was on my radar. So, elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. Watch it. Hey, bloodbath. You said schedule. you could name my list verbatim. Would you? Would did you think Patrice was going to be on there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's lying. I left him. I left him off my list because I knew Aaron would talk about him. Yeah, he's so funny, dude. I love him. I miss him so much. I uh, I just figured out who you guys were talking about when you made the Arrested Development reference. 
Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> he left an impression um, on all of us. I'm still here, everybody. Hey. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with all of his stuff, but definitely one of those comedians where it's like you you see the special on YouTube or Netflix or whatever, and you know, oh, this is definitely going to be funny. I'm I know I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah, you see the way he's dressed in that elephant in the room special, and you're like, oh, this guy's funny. He knows oh, he's cool. funny. <laughs> he's so, look at that hat. He knows he can get away with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, let's move on to Alan and Alan's number three. Uh, my number three is Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Dude. I have not of course. I have not seen a Robin Williams comedy special in um I don't know, probably fifteen years or something. Uh but I do I do remember watching it. Uh and I remember him being pretty manic, which I think seems right. Hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> and uh and and I laughed. So so I'm assuming it was funny. Well, if you laugh, that's, uh, that's a good assumption. Yeah. I think that was his goal. I think he uh, achieved yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I so all in friend. all, all in all, Robin Williams is my number three. Talking about Robin Williams is really difficult. Just for me personally, I like, he is such an averse, a versatile actor comedian whatever he's done all different types of roles but the thing about his comedy is that it is so different from everything that he does it is uh, an onslaught of like everything in your face which is kind of hard to handle at times i think especially like if you're watching with somebody like like with my wife like her second language is english so it's just like this onslaught of like things that are just coming at you and flying at you but it's still so funny and as you watch it through different years like if you watched it when you were younger you laugh at certain things and you watch it when you're older and it's like totally it's a totally different show he's a very adult uh his material is very like raunchy sometimes which is something you Mm -hmm. wouldn't you wouldn't assume if you're just like the guy from flubber and uh you know his his comedy (laughs) movies second Uh, second flubber mentioned on the pod guys his uh, his there. his stand up was always it's too manic for me. Like I it's it's really hard to like focus and pay attention for me. Yeah. He he's so in your face. But I mean he's obviously really funny and um his his acting credits speak for themselves. But as a stand up I never really liked watching Robin Williams that much. I think the reason it's difficult to talk about is you know the his death and the suicide and that that's so tough because it's just one of those people that through through his acting through the comedy through everything that he's ever done he brought so many people so much joy and he never really seemed like that he never exposed that sort of sadness and that just that Mm -hmm. like I don't usually get torn up about celebrity deaths or whatever but when it's especially when it's suicide and when it's someone like Robin Williams who brought joy to just like global globally joy like that that really tore me up a lot yeah that was definitely one of the more affecting ones uh and this is i mean this is a trend when people talk about comedians but we've talked about four comedians so far and three of them are dead and uh none of them died because they were 90 years old yeah yet so (laughs) it's it's something that's going to come up i think again as we talk about comedians uh not to be a super downer 
Robin Williams is a very funny man. Everyone knows that. Yeah, he uh that's his stand up I think is pretty funny. Um I remember uh he did one in two thousand, a special one for HBO in two thousand that I thought was really funny because I knew we had it on C D and I had listened to it. And um then there was one I knew when we were in college he put out another one that I also thought was pretty funny. It's where I first learned about Doc Ellis. Um and his uh you know, no hitter. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, the, I will say like his standup is like kind of interesting in that it's not like, I wouldn't say there's a lot of like observation or like, you know, real clever, like jokes to it. It's, it's very much just purely like performance based. Like he's a performer. Like I wouldn't, I, and I don't mean this like rudely. It's almost like, I don't feel like he's writing any jokes. He's just like performing and like, kind of like probably just reading. It's probably all made up on the spot. Um, that's the, definitely the vibe you get. It's just character and performance, um, which he's like, you know, probably the best at. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's good in that regard. And I like that it's on the list too. Cause again, it's like, I think it's a different voice, um, in comedy. So good pick. Yeah. And I'm kind of on the same wavelength as like Dave was kind of like it, his standup comedy is 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 a little too much for me. And I think a lot of like when, you know, like when he was at his peak and, you know, he was because that's how he got famous was was through his standup comedy. Um, but like the a, a lot of it is laden with references and and, and like, you, you know, like things that I. I, I just I, I don't get like, you know, like or at least I didn't get because I remember it was either I think it was uh, my stepdad, Jim. Uh, he you know, you mentioned that 2000. I think it was him live on Broadway and Jim was really excited for it. It was like it's like one of his favorite stand up comedians. And I, I had seen a little bit throughout the years. You know, Jim was a big fan of like Mork and Mindy. You know, did, Jim loved Robin Williams. And uh, I just I, I remember just like watching some of his stuff and, you know, he's like talking so fast and it's like, again, laden with like a whole bunch of references that I don't understand that it never resonated with me. But what I can easily say, it's the thing I said about Norm Macdonald is like what he's doing outside of his stand up career was really what defined him as a comedian. Um, but I, I just I, 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 you know, as funny as he is, I could I could, I could never just say like, yeah, I, I loved his stand up, you know. I think it's funny if you think about like watching a movie, well, watching like Dead Poet Society, and then immediately going to a stand up. It's like this insane juxtaposition, which exactly. I think is exactly it's yeah. two different things. Yeah, it, 100%. it shows like so much talent and in, in one person. I think. Oh yeah, the fact that he could do both, the fact that he could get famous doing the stand up and like doing you know that wild manic energy, and then he could turn in those performances uh, in stuff like Goodwill hunting. It's just incredible. I mean, people don't need to listen to us talk about Robin Williams to know that he's like one of the most talented people in show business. Um, but here we are. So let's move on to bloodbath and get your number three. All right. Uh, now my number three is going to be a little controversial. I know some of you guys are probably going to be surprised when I say it, but you know, I do feel like this person gets a bad rap, so I'm going to throw out there, uh, you know, my number three, Carlos Mencia. I haven't Ooh. heard that name in a long Whoa. time. Whoa, bloodbath with like arguably the deepest, hottest take of the whole podcast. I'm curious. No, not really. no, I'm, I'm full of shit. I'm not. That's I'm not paying. Oh, Carlos man, because I was like, if, oh, if okay. they do it, it's bloodbath. He did have that one good comedy central presents. Uh, no, uh, my number three for real is uh, Mitch Hedberg. 
Yeah, hell yeah. It's a little less controversial. Yeah. Yeah. I he wasn't even on my list until like when uh when my wife and I were having dinner uh the other night I was telling her what the topics were and we were talking about it and I was like what are your picks and she and she made a comment about Mitch Hedberg and I was like Jesus Christ Jamie you just made this like 10 times harder cuz I forgot all about Mitch Hedberg like why did you even say that um and that sent me down a rabbit hole and I there's people I really want to put on this list, but I knew that like, you know, I had to go with people who like, I think are genuinely funny. And some of them I just like for their personality. And I think Mitch Hedberg is somebody who like, I genuinely like, you know, maybe he didn't have the longest career. Maybe he doesn't get talked about enough, but he legit just makes me laugh and makes me smile. I think his style of comedy is so, you know, interesting. It, I I say unique. I'm sure like everybody can like point out where it's like a riff on like Stephen Wright and like all these other people and stuff like that, which is fine. But like just his deliver his delivery, his um, you know, if you're not familiar with him, he he does basically like one liners. Um, they're very like super observational. Um, you know, he's you know kind of like delivers everything sort of as this you know and with this kind of stoner, um vibe and and a real kind of like laid back um uh personality um and he's just i i just think he's like super uh super interesting super funny um you know he's it's just like a very different kind of like um voice and it's his affectation i mean it's very much like he is a character and like it's it's a real shtick that he like puts on and um i just think you know i it I wanted it on my list. I wanted a different type of a different style and a different voice. And, uh, you know, I think famously like his like, uh, comedy central special that like made him like really popular and kind of like, you know, you know, sort of like made his like career what it was like the big story behind that was like, they recorded it and he told his jokes and like, you know, people kind of laughed or whatever. And like, he just went like, it, I can't remember what it was. There was a technical issue where it was too short or something like that. So like he just came right back out and just did the entire act again, like verbatim, like and like that's <laughs> why everybody was laughing at him and like he was chuckling too. And it's like it was like uh, like it was a performance art kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I don't know, Mitch Hedberg. You guys, you know, take it away, dude. I get oh, he's in. like one of my. Fa- oh, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. I was gonna say I I get in uh, Mitch Hedberg like like. I have this thing where like every two years I'll just get super heavy back into the red hot chili peppers and I'll listen to nothing but red hot chili peppers for like two weeks. And I do the same thing with Mitch Hedberg and I'll just like listen to that comedy central special like 30 times over the course of a couple of weeks when I'm at work or something like that. Those jokes are so good. They're so good. They're so like, like you said, they're really short there. And so you get like, I don't know, a hundred jokes in that comedy central special. And it's just, it's, I like him more than any other of those like one liner comics. And I like how he's kind of self deprecating too in there where he's like, he'll say stuff like, Ooh, that that one did better last night. Okay. Like that or something like that as he goes. Kind of breaking that fourth wall type thing. Yeah, for sure. Really? He's, he's really good. And that's got to be like the hardest like kind of stand up to write. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like the way like a sitcom plays where you have to have like 
like a punctuated joke every X amount of seconds, like to keep everything going. Like, you, you know, you mentioned Stephen Wright, Bloodbath. I mean, I mean, I love Stephen Wright too, but Mitch Hedberg is infinitely better than he ever was at that sort of thing. But I, you know, there was a time in my life where I, you know, like I wanted to write stand up comedy and I thought, you know, maybe one liners would be something, you know, a little bit more like in tune with the, you know, what I was trying to, and it's, it, that, that's gotta be the hardest way to become a famous stand-up comedian through those one-liners because there's basically only like four of them that you, you know ever uh you, you know attain like the sort of like status that steven Ryder him ever did but i i love mitch hedberg real quick and because everybody's got one what are your guys's favorite like if you got like one really good mitch hedberg joke off the top of your head my favorite one is uh mitch, <laughs> mitch hedberg says like some guy came up to me the other day and he said you know what i really like mashed potatoes and i said hey man you got to give me time to answer the question world to me dude yeah mine off the top of my head is uh i like rice rice is good if you're hungry and you want to eat two thousand of something <laughs> <laughs> i like the smoky the bear a bit oh yeah happy the frog <laughs> like you said man it's like his delivery and everything and like it just like caught like i don't know like we were in high school when he passed away but i remember like there was a lot of comedians that were getting popular when we were in high school and like you know stand-up comedy was like something that you know a lot of our group of friends and people we talked to like got into as like an art form like you know followed it a little bit and was interested in it and like i know that like everybody like had a phase where they figured out who mitch hedberg was and they were all kind of like damn dude like this is cool as shit and then he had a heart attack so yeah he seems like a. I mean i think a big part of it as well when you talk about stand-ups and stuff like they like these days it's a spectacle i think in the past it was like these people get up on the stage and there's like this 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 backdrop of a brick wall and they're just up there telling jokes and it's like a good time but if you watch a lot of like especially netflix specials their stage is like immaculate they have all the lighting and all the everything but mitch hedberg is one of those people who just is like i'm just gonna put on my street clothes i'm you know just go out there and just be like a relatable person um i'm not saying that one is better than the other someone like jack whitehall or john mulaney who like gets up in like a whole suit and tie and like has like the whole spectacle but it, it, there's a sort of separation there but i feel like mitch hedberg is one of those that's like totally relatable you totally see who he is and you feel like you could just like you could smoke the blunt with him and <laughs> have like a good time yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, dude, Mitch is, uh, he, he's one of the best. Like I said, I go through those phases where I'm like, I just want to listen to Mitch Hedberg jokes for a while. And I'll just like, I'll put them up on like my Instagram or something like that. Like I just, just, and I, every time I do that, I get people that comment. They're like, oh man, I haven't thought about Mitch Hedberg in so long. He's so funny. So yeah, it's like, pick. he's one of those guys who as going through the show, it's just like a constant like ha 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 just like constantly this is funny everything is just a bit funny like it's it's a never dull moment type of thing whereas like other comedians are like a long ass story and then the punchline is just like huge mm -hmm. laughs right? right Mitch Hedberg's just like constantly a steady journey of laughing yeah all of his shit's super super clever too really good let's move on and Chris what is your or who is your number three so number three was probably the most difficult to pick. I had number one and two on lock, like the moment uh, we decided this topic. 
but number three took a long time and it changed a lot, but it ended up being Bill Burr. Good pick. Good yeah. Pick. I'll also say, I think all my top three are probably more current. They're definitely a more current artist. I, I'm really happy that like you guys are mentioning people who are a little bit older. Um, but yeah, Bill Burr, um, definitely, I think every time I watch his specials, is probably like the most laughs per special, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. He's got this sort of like this sense of immunity, like he just says whatever he wants, which is which is awesome. I know like a lot of the like he gets attacked by a lot of people. And I love that he's like always jumps up to like not defend himself, but defend the content. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Kind of like this whole like says what we're all thinking type of a thing. I'm not saying that, you know, everybody's going to think the same way that he does, but he's got an insane amount of stuff outside of his stand up. His podcast is is it's kind of hit or miss, honestly. But when it's a hit, it's like a big hit for me personally. When I'm listening to him, he's got some really funny, funny stuff, some funny monologues that he goes on. Not monologues, but his funny rants that he goes on in his podcast. Uh, F is for family is a very good show, in my opinion, um, especially if you kind of grew up in the same sort of uh, environment. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's Yeah, it's very, very funny. And his uh his he has a a good cameo in Breaking Bad where it, yeah it was kind of hard for me to see past the fact that that's Bill Burr in Breaking Bad yeah I um, didn't even really know who he was when I watched Breaking Bad like all those years ago uh, I, I I knew who he was from Chappelle's show because that's yeah. where I first saw him was on Chappelle's show way back when he was like the MC at the World Series of Dice and stuff like that, and he had a bunch of really good uh, roles in that show. He was really, really, really funny on that show for sure. Yeah, he pops up every now and again, and it's like, oh fuck, that's yeah, hell yeah, Bill Burr's on here. Like that yeah. just makes it a better show for some reason, even if he has like three or four lines. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he's <laughs> like he the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> You're just like, is that? That's not Bill Burr. uh he's also just like he's really humble like he's not humble might not be the might not be the right word but like if you watch interviews and stuff with him like one of my favorite moments of his is if you guys watch the h3 h3 podcast if you guys are ever in h3 on youtube no uh i i am familiar i'm not as big of a fan anymore though oh their old videos were ridiculously funny the podcast is kind of fun but they have good guests sometimes and Bill Burr was on there and like Ethan was like really nervous and really awkward about having like this huge comedian and Bill Burr just basically was just like, this is fucking awkward. Stop making it so awkward. Like just straight out saying like, you need to calm down. You need to not be such a fucking weirdo. And it caused like this (laughs) whole thing. That's hard because he's the biggest weirdo in the world. (laughs) Yeah. So he's just got this sort of this aura of like, I'm just a guy. Like, shut up. Don't praise me. Don't be weird about, you know, me being here, which is really cool, I think. Um, and just always very funny outside of outside of his like created content, outside of his stand up and, and shows and all that. He's just very funny. Yeah, agreed. He was uh, number two on my list. I'm going to switch him out now that we're talking about him and replace him with someone else. But he was number two on my list. He's uh, one of my favorite stand ups ever. Uh, every special that he's done, I think, is absolutely great. Um, the latest one, it's kind of like that Tom Segura one. The latest one that he did was a little bit strange. Like, he he kind of lost that, like, edge that he had 
uh, before. He did a lot of jokes based around him being angry. Um, yeah. And they worked really, really well. And he did a little bit less of that now that I think his like personal life has calmed down a lot um, in the last like 10 years as he's gotten more and more successful and stuff with his family and stuff like that is all uh, has all been like good to him, basically. Um, his older stuff, like when I say it's like based on him being angry, it, that's not in a bad way. It, he pulls it off really, really well. He's one of my favorites. And he's one of the best like storytelling comedians because he, he's like the opposite of Mitch Hedberg. He goes on these long, long stories. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that he's got that angry man thing. Like that's kind of what his shtick was for the longest time. And like, I remember like my father used to tell me like NFL players used to like, like once they get to the NFL, they chill out because they've already made it and they made a ton of money. I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes that's how comedians can be as well. Like they work so hard. They take all these chances. They tell these really controversial jokes. They get in trouble until they like really, really make it. And they're like set and settled and then they can just chill out. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I thought Paper Tiger was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was good. It's just it was just different from yeah. the the older stuff with and I kind of I I hope I explained why I think that it's fine and like the re, my re, my idea for why it's a little bit different, but it's it's still funny. Uh I like Bill Burr. I like him a lot. I I I don't really like it, uh FS for family that much. I think it's kind of uh I don't know just kind of turns me off for some reason i don't really know but um uh he's funny it's it i think it's cool that you picked him because he's one of those comedians that i feel like they ride the line um between like you know i guess i'll throw out like you know Chappelle is a good example i think chris rock's a good example george carlin maybe where it's sort of like you know where's the line between like you telling me a joke and you preaching to me about something or just wanting to talk about things, um, which I love. Like, I love that. That's totally cool. But I'm just saying like, you know, it's sort of like sometimes I'll watch a Dave Chappelle special and I'm like, eh, I'm not really laughing. Like, I like what he's saying. I agree with what he's saying. I think what he's saying is powerful and interesting and, you know, stirs a lot of emotion, but like, it's not, I'm not really laughing. And I think Bill Burr, you know, does a really good job of like, you know, having something to say and, and wanting to say something, um, make a statement and like actually like being funny and actually having like a good joke to tell. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Bill Burr, really, really good. Uh, we can move on into number twos and my number two, which is replacing Bill Burr. My number two is Louis CK. Louis CK. You went there too. I did. So, uh, before I talk about Louis C.K. as a comedian, what he did and admitted to doing is very fucked up, and I will support anybody who never wants to listen to Louis C.K. or consume his comedy or his TV show ever again. If that's what you want to do, uh, no problem with that at all. That's your right. Go ahead. I think Louis C.K. is in the running for best stand-up comedian ever, and if we're making a list of top three stand-up comedians, I don't really feel great about not mentioning Louis C.K. Now, the weird thing is, if you're going back and listening, which I've started to do in the last couple years, is go back and listen again. He does a lot of jokes about jerking off, which is uh, it's a little bit, like, obviously uncomfortable now. But his stand-up specials are some of the best stand-up specials ever made. 
in his the subjects that he's talking about when he's not talking about jerking off and just kind of <laughs> like the material that's he's doing it for an older crowd and I don't know, like a lot of comedians, I feel like they're, they're trying to do comedy for anybody who's listening. You know, if you're if you're 15 or if you're over 50 years old, like you can you can enjoy a, a Bill Burr special or a Chris Rock special or something like that. I feel like Louis C.K. is really doing comedy for older people who've like been through some shit in their life. Uh, like he, he does a lot of stuff about. Um, a divorce and stuff like that and like I haven't been through a divorce but you know we've all been through breakups and stuff like that and Louis CK really taps into that like that sadness that older people have or that that sadness that everyone kind of collects as you get older and he does it in such a funny way I just think that he's perfect uh, at that kind of thing so yeah I, I don't know like and his his show Louis is one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's fantastic. And it's really like it really like captures what's good about his stand up in a show better than most shows that are based on people's stand up comedy material, I think. So uh Louis C. K. is my number two. Uh, and I think I'm gonna get into my number one later, but he he definitely carried the torch for my number one. I'll say that. And once again, if you are never uh, willing to forgive Louis C.K. for what he did and you uh, think that, you know, he's evil and you don't want to listen to his comedy, I have no problem with that. But separating the art from the artist here, his stand-up is so good. Hey, that's you know, you kind of mentioned that he... Uh, he that that he kind of is like like a uh, like a comedian for like an older audience like uh what some of the best things he does to me are, are are like his bits he does about like parenting and and a lot of that really uh shines through in his uh tv show as well but it's like you know i'm not a parent and i and i can't understand that sort of thing all i have are like these weird outside perspectives of what i think having a child is like and all, all he talks about is like the grossest weirdest parts about being a parent like those things that i've always said are the reason i won't have children and uh he he talks about those things while you, you know also like be like in a roundabout way like showing like you know how much he actually like does care um so i i love louis ck he didn't make my list he's definitely in my top five i i, I love him and you're you're right like it's totally reasonable if you cannot forgive him for what he did and all of that uh but his stand-up every single one of his stand-up specials from the very first i mean he was doing he was doing really bad like material like on comedy central in like the early 90s he was like one of those uh one of those people and he, he i'm not i'm not trying to ruin anything but we we talked about it earlier about how he basically decided like you know i'm just gonna like re write my shit like after i do something i'm gonna get rid of it and i think one of the things that you know at least you can see like through like even his tv shows like he had that lucky louis tv show on uh hbo like a long time ago and it's not good a lot of people like it it's very very bad the difference between like that and what louis is is a lot like the difference between his uh early stand-up and what his stand-up became is he kind of was just like okay i'm not going to pander to what i think people want to hear i'm going to tap into like who i am and use that to fuel my comedy but i i i love louis ck and i'm really glad like you said him because i i didn't think we were going to get a chance to talk about him and he's he's really really funny great pick dave um 
I haven't decided if I'm going to change my number one or not, but my number one may or may not be Louis C.K. We'll see what happens when I get to that point. But uh, yeah, Louis C.K., like for all arguments sake, he is my favorite stand-up comedian of all time. I don't think anyone has ever done it better than him. I don't think anybody can do it better than him. Um, I just think like his, you know, his like ability to like tell jokes and 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 put material out that is interesting, sometimes thought provoking, sometimes you know just downright hilarious, you know, gross. Um, you know, you know he finds a way to connect, like you know, really connect with people on like a human level as far as like the material he talks about, the things he talks about, the ideas he talks about, while also just being incredibly funny. None of his jokes ever feel like. Like every special his I I was just like, God, this one's good too, this one's better, this one's great, like he's doing different things. Like sometimes I feel like he'll have specials out that I mean the tone and like the style of his jokes I don't feel like are always the same from special to special. I feel and I think that's awesome. Like he he sort of like, you know, you know one special's a little bit more raunchy, the next one's got a little bit more like, you know, kind of weird existential vibes to it. Another one talks a lot about death and like he finds like different ways to like you know, tell the jokes and spin the jokes and, and, and it's just, just endlessly interesting to me. Um, and like Louie, like I said, I think that's one of the greatest TV shows ever. Like just everything they did with that, as far as, you know, constructing like a joke and t turning it into like a, a episode of TV and all this kind of stuff. So he's great. And I agree like with what you're saying and, you know, if people don't like him or whatever for things he's done, that's totally fine. You know, I can separate the art from the artist. And I think there's, you know, I'm curious for anybody listening, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of people that we talk about at some point tonight that um, have done terrible things or have been accused of doing terrible things and have a lot of controversy around them. But, you know, again, it's um, just personal taste. And if you can't forgive those people or you can't look past those things or you can't just look at it as um, an artist, I, I mean, that's, that's your own prerogative. You know, he, um, you know, uh, someone like um, George Carlin or like Hunter S. Thompson, like, you know, they're like real like wordsmiths. Like they like have such a great like command of like language and like all the, you know, just, you know, on a level that like a lot of other people don't. And like, I think like Louis C.K. has like a real command of like just, you know, the craft of like telling a joke. It, like, I think he has skill out of that other people don't have so i would definitely have to agree with everything uh you talk about like separating art from the artist uh i would be very remiss if we didn't mention horace and pete um i don't know if you guys have seen that it was like a very low-key thing that louis ck did great show yeah that that show hit me hard like as as a, it's not funny at all i mean there are fun, there are funny bits but Overall, it is not a funny show, um, but it, it's one of those things that, you know, you you I kind of grew up watching Louis C.K. and and and, and really really loving his stand up comedy, um, and then that show came out and really solidified, uh, just sort of my respect for what somebody is capable of doing, um, especially someone like him. And it it, it sucks to have to like tiptoe around the whole issue of of the um like the sexual harassment stuff but 
I mean, if 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 we're able to speak before we knew all that stuff, then yes, Louis C.K. would probably be my number one. And and I knew I didn't put him on my list because I knew someone probably would bring him up. We'd end up talking about him. It would be impossible not to. Um, right. but yeah, Horace and Pete. If you haven't seen that, like it you gotta go watch it it's i mean i'm sitting here like promoting his stuff and i'm not supposed to right but it's it's a fantastic show um really really good actors in there steve buscemi eddie falco uh alan alda it's incredible yeah well i mean like you know it's it's tough to talk about louis ck or dave Chappelle or uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what other example there would be. It, it's tough to talk about them kind of without clarifying your opinion on them now, because like, I don't want, I don't want people to like, listen to this and think like, Oh, you, you guys just fucking, you love Louis CK. Does it not matter to you that he like sexually harassed? Like, well, is it multiple people or like Aziz Ansari too? He had his, his thing that he went through also. And like we we ha- we kind of have to bring bring up those things. We have to mention how we feel about those things before talking about those people, because uh, you know I don't want to be misunderstood, For uh, which sure. which may be like a you know I, we we've talked about some of the comedians on here. What makes them good is they don't give a shit if they're misunderstood. We act we said that with Bill Burr, but I don't have that superpower. So when we talk about Louis C.K., you know. We do have to mention that this is a case of separating the art from the artist, which is actually harder with stand-up comics, I think, than like musicians athletes. or actors or athletes. Like, I think it's harder because stand-up comedy is so personal. And like I said, Louis C.K. does a lot of jokes about jerking off, and like, you'll be listening to a stand-up and you'll hear one of those jokes, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like, ah oh, man, like this it was is there the, little, whole it was there the whole time. It was there the whole time. This yeah. isn't a joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> yeah, especially dude. with Louis CK, um, with standups, I think it is harder. That's why, you know, if it comes out tomorrow that like one of the members of uh, like Metallica killed somebody or something, I would still be able to listen to Metallica pretty quickly after that and just be like, well, you know, the music's good and they wrote it 30 years ago that I like. So what's the, you know, not a big problem, but for stand up it it took a long time before i was comfortable like listening and laughing at louis ck's jokes again like those those that story those allegations and his like admission that he did it that came out a long time ago now it has been a long time yeah I, when i said before like it sucks to have to tiptoe around i don't mean that like it like oh pit, like woe is us or woe is him it's just when we when we experience the things that these particular people have done, we had no idea of these things. And right. so they impacted you in a certain way. And so if you can just kind of like distill that and put it in a bottle and, and drink it from time to time, that would be wonderful. It, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, you have to be cognizant of it, man, at, at all times. It is hard to do. And like, like we said a, a couple times, especially with Louis C.K., you get through 25 minutes of a stand-up special and then he'll do a joke about jerking off and you're like, ah, oh, God damn it. Like <laughs> this isn't, this isn't a situation where the art is unrelated to the artist because it is stand up comedy and it's personal stuff. So, uh, let's move on from Louis, Louis CK. Let's get Aaron's number two. 
All right, my number two is a is a very very obscure comic, and uh, I will preface uh, my answer uh, by saying that I think I think everybody has that like one stand up comedian that they saw when they were really young, and it kind of got them I- I- into stand up comedy, or at least introduced them to it. Uh, and I I think he's he's one of the greatest stand up comedians that really never like took off. Uh, so my number two is going to be the Amazing Jonathan. Is any is anybody familiar with the Amazing Jonathan at all? Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Heard the name? Hell yeah! yeah. The first time I've ever heard okay. <laughs> blood I, I, bloodbath. This is why we're friends. Okay, so basically, the Amazing Jonathan is a it's a stand up act where he does he he's a magician and he does magic tricks. <laughs> I, I cannot not sound stupid, uh, but that's that's basically what he does. He, he does he does comedic magic shows. Uh, he's he's done like the Vegas circuit forever. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of his whole shtick is he, uh, he he's he does a lot of like audience work like this is very stupid. But one of the things he does is he'll, he'll bring audience members on stage to help him out with his magic tricks, which he can do you know, quote unquote magic. Like it's, he's also a good magician, but he incorporates his stand up act into his, uh, magic act. Uh, one of the things he'll do is he brings audience members up on stage and he just, he just fucks with them. Right. One of my favorite things he does, and this again, sounds so lame, but he does that thing where he'll like point at somebody's chest and they'll look down and then he'll like flick their nose. And like, it's almost like his goal when he brings them on stage is how many times could I get away with doing this before they catch on to it? Um, so like, like I said, there, there aren't any punchlines. There aren't any quotes. It it really is like, you're going and seeing a show. He, like I said, he's, he's a Vegas guy. He, he got like weird popular in australia for a very very long time um but there were a a string of like early early 90s like comedy central like a uh, stand-up shows you had like a uh, lounge lizards and comedy central presents and pulp comics and you, you had people on that strip like or you had people like uh like 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 david tell and wendy liebman uh you know these really small obscure comics that were actually really really good and the amazing jonathan was one that was introduced to me by my father and he he my dad was who got me to stand-up comedy he got me into that whole thing and the amazing jonathan was always one of those things you know, you would like check channel 19 to see what was like you know coming up like you know in the next half hour like the the scroll by channel thing and uh every time the amazing jonathan came on in any capacity he would put the vhs uh, he would put the vhs tape in he'd record it in the vcr and the next time i came over to his house we'd watch the amazing jonathan um i'm i'm, I'm gonna get off my tangent if, if you've never seen him you really really should it, it sounds like like very very stupid but he's he's very very funny uh and as some very very stupid it's it's really cool like how he incorporates it into his act so uh my number two is going to be the amazing jonathan Aaron, what i said i like uh felt like i knew your list for verbatim like you threw me a curveball just there so i'm i know I and totally yeah. don't know now uh yeah aaron like uh, he's not selling it super well like he so like the his act is that he's like He's a the idea is that you're going to a magic show and then he comes out and like he's just like an an awful like unhinged deranged magician 
And like, that's where the joke is. And then he starts like making jokes and fucking with people really bad. Like the whole idea is that he's just trying to fuck with the audience like terribly. Like he plays like practical jokes on him and stuff like that. And like, he's just in the background is like, he's doing these terrible magic tricks and it's like nothing works. Like the magic tricks aren't working and he's like fucking up on stage and shit like that. So like, it's like kind of a whole act. And like, uh, he, uh, last year, it was like two years ago, like, Three different documentaries came out about him all at once. He's I watched dying. every single one. I watched every single one. They're all yeah. awesome. Because he's like he's legit dying. Um, and uh, yeah, just crazy. I don't know, man. He's got a, he's got a, like in those documentaries are crazy. He's had like a crazy fucking life. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you guys. It's hard. It's hard to explain if you guys haven't seen him. Like he's he's really he's funny. He's legitimately funny. I've never heard of him. I just looked to. Pictures. I've never seen his face before. This is interesting. I'll definitely have to check him out because that sounds hilarious. It, it 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 is, and 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 I'll tell you, like if you were to say to Aaron Angle, like, "Hey, dude, there's this comedian, but he's also a magician." I, I'm like, do yeah, not exactly. Any further, I do not care to know. <laughs> sounds great. Uh, I want you to lose my number. I want you to tell your family and friends that I'll miss them dearly, but we cannot be in contact anymore because you <laughs> told me to go see a magician, right? Uh, but he he's great. Another uh, <clears throat> one of the cool things, it's kind of sometimes it's kind of like guar where he does like like magic tricks that are like really gory. Like he does like a magic trick where he like sticks a needle through his own fucking tongue or like he pretends to drink like Windex and like starts like fucking like foaming at the mouth on stage and he has a trick where he like cuts like off his body parts and shit goes flying everywhere i it's it's super hard to describe. bloodbath's right he's like this manic weird like imagine if like a magician went on stage but he was coked out of his fucking mind that's who the amazing jonathan is and if you really haven't had a chance to experience him he's he's very funny just go watch any 10 minute spot of the amazing jonathan because he never got super famous so every video is like uh, like almost the same bit just done in different locations because he he's a he's a showcase comedian you go see him in vegas or weirdly in australia so we we, we could move on but i i had to talk about him because that that is the guy that's the first like stand-up i remember seeing where i was like oh shit this is awesome <laughs> well i'm curious like the way you talk about him and i'm looking at these pictures of things that he's doing on stage do you think that it was just like like his stuff was just before his time like he would have been no man he's a magician no. dude. now if, if oh, you listen okay. to his act he seems like a like he seems like somebody that would be a really funny actor uh no i don't think he was i i, I really think he really melds into that like i said that area that era with like david tell and wendy lieben and you know where it, it's just it, it was perfect for the time frame in which it took place and bloodbath said uh something about those documentaries like the first one he did was fan made like he he retired and some like fan like tracked him down and was like no fuck this shit like i want to do a documentary about you like people have to know who you are and it's 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 sad and in, enlightening and seeing it through like the lens of like, i would never call him a failed stand up comedian you know what i mean but through the lens of somebody who very clearly could have been a lot bigger if he wasn't a magician because he was a magician first uh and and then like a, a, adapted to or adopted the uh stand-up part of his act but like it's really hard to talk about it because like literally nobody's heard of him except for being bloodbath i guess but at super funny guy i've heard of him but i like i guarantee you i was like oh he's a comedy magician no 
do do not i dave i, know, I get I know. it i i get that i'm wrong but like it was it's very much like oh okay like is this is this also jeff dunham type yeah, stuff right right dude exactly no. man no He's a, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I mean, well, I know, it, it, I know. It's not, but you, I know you have to loop that into that because, and same thing with Carrot Top. There used to be a guy, uh, early Comedy Center, I think his name was like the legendary Wid, who did like prop comics as well. They had a show called Make Me Laugh. The amazing Jonathan was on there, and he was like the best comedian on that show because it was the easiest to get people like just going on stage as like a funny fat guy in a headband and like just failing and failing and failing and fucking with the audience was like I said, it was just something that really only fit into that time frame, I guess. Fair enough. We can move on from the amazing Jonathan and get Alan's number two. My number two is Dave Chappelle. Okay. Very good. Um, so uh, I guess that there's a, a controversy at, and Dave said that I have to answer uh, for why I chose Dave Chappelle, <laughs> uh, despite there being a I'll controversy. Under a rock. So I looked up what the controversy was. Um, oh, dude. Really, yeah, Alan? So, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I'm not going to take a stance on anything. That, I I do not support anything that Dave, Dave Chappelle supports or things. I just think some of his jokes are funny. All right. And I really liked the Chappelle show because it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that much on Dave Chappelle. Um, I remember several of his jokes, which is why he was my number two and not my number three. Um, so that's not uh, <laughs> Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle number two. I feel like I'm missing something. I know there's controversy around like his trans jokes and stuff, but is there more to it than that? No, I no, think that's it. I have no, that, that, I have that, no that, idea. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's that's just it. very funny how Alan's like, he makes me laugh more than my number three made me laugh. So he's my number three. <laughs> Alan's got a real, like, a real scientific approach to this. Okay. Uh, All I know is when I, when I was Googling, <laughs> When I was Googling comedians to figure out who my top three stand-up comedians were. And I saw Dave Chappelle was a stand-up comedian. I was like, I remember Dave Chappelle. <laughs> he was on <laughs> <laughs> Alan only watches James Bond and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and Jaws. You know, and Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the fifth time you've said Jaws. Oh, I gotta chill. I gotta I need a wet towel. Oh shit. <laughs> All right. I need a wet towel. Uh, yeah, Dave Chappelle's <laughs> a strange uh, request. Dave Chappelle's stand-up is often very, very funny, and I'll say I haven't seen the the new one that's caused all the controversy because it's not on Netflix here in Korea, so I haven't seen it. Um, I'm aware of the controversy, and uh, let me just say that I'm very dubious. It's going to take a stroke of genius for him to talk about this in a way that doesn't piss me off immensely Correct. with this subject because this is a subject that um i really care about so i'm going in uh without an open mind basically it would take a it would take the most genius setup which dave Chappelle is capable of but i'm i find it very hard to believe that he's going to be able to do jokes about this in an intelligent way that doesn't piss me off 
Same dude. And I, it's exactly why I haven't watched it yet. I'm like, cause like, you know, I, it's, it's, it's another, it's, it's a thing I care about as well. Like I know way, way too many people that this would like fuck up if they, you know, I, I just, I, I don't even want to listen to it. I don't want that. Cause I love Dave Chappelle and he's on my short list of honorable mentions out. He's great. Chappelle's show is great. I, I, I understand like having to like, you know, yeah, you, you got to get a cut to toughen the skin, right? Like, I, I, I should see this to know, just to know. But uh, like, like I said, Dave, you you literally, like, hit it on the fucking head. Like, there, there is no way I'm going into this uh, special with an open mind if I even ever do decide to watch it. Because that, I, man, I, <laughs> so many people that I've, like, loved and adored have ended up just being terrible fucking people. I'm just like... Bro, like Dave Chappelle, there is no way you're going to do this like tactfully. Like I 100% am going to look at you differently if I see this thing. Uh, but it, which is why I just I, I couldn't I, I couldn't put it on my list, man. But he he is brilliant. And Alan, you are right. Chappelle show is maybe the best variety show of all time, and he deserves his place. But like, like I said, I just I, I have no interest in seeing it because I know it's going to piss me off no matter what. This is really interesting. I want to see it because I'm uh, I'm interested in how he's going to do it. Because like I said, if there's anyone who can pull this off, I think it is Dave Chappelle. I just don't think it's likely that he does in a satisfying way for me. So can I... Go ahead. I was going to say, Dave Chappelle is my number one, actually. Okay. Um, I, 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 I held off putting him there until I did see this last special, and I did watch it a couple days ago um and still he's he's still right up there um i might make a last minute change on my number one just because we're talking about him now um maybe not maybe we can talk about him more later i don't know anyway um yeah i think i think that uh he he, he has to address all this cancel culture stuff and he has to address all these things that are that are very sensitive to a lot of people uh with you know i'm not saying that people shouldn't be sensitive to them. And I think that he is quite sensitive to them. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a really difficult topic to talk about. I I think that since you guys haven't seen the latest special yet, it's it makes it more difficult to, to really talk about it. Because if, if you do want to watch it, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, I definitely recommend it. I, I Like I said, I think that he's my number one for many so why, reasons so why is he yeah say why why is he your number one then man so i think that he he has a similar uh sort of stage presence like uh bill burr in this latest special where he can just kind of say whatever he wants um and i don't think that 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 means that he can say things that are hurtful to other people but i do think that he he carries himself in that way that is like 100 percent I, these are these are my thoughts. These are my feelings, and I think that they're funny. If you don't think that they're funny, then this special's not for you. Um, of course, I'm not trying to uh, dis. How, how can I say? Uh, I'm not trying to discredit people who, or discredit the idea that that a famous person saying things that are shitty doesn't change a sort of you know the narrative or the discourse among everyone else, especially because he is so famous and he does so many things. But he's very transparent about everything that he does. Um, and I think that kind of like earlier, I think uh, it was Bloodbath mentioning that like uh, 
when you sit down and watch a Dave Chappelle special, you feel like you're getting lectured or that there is a uh, there's a there's a, a bigger message other than just trying to be funny. Um, yeah, I can totally see why that would turn people off. But I also think that that's important. I think that like in, in most art, um, most art forms, entertainment or visual arts or otherwise, that those things are important. I think it is important to 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 use not want to say use your platform because that's a that's a dumb like buzzword thing to say but i think that it's good that people decide to take their stance and and stand up for what they think within their work and if they think that that's that's a an overall good thing or whatever and they have support from from their uh, from the their colleagues or the people who support them or whatever that's that's wonderful um the whole thing about him like passing up that $50 million because he thought what, what he was doing on Chappelle's show was just wrong or that, that it was going in a direction that he thought was wrong kind of solidifies the idea that what he's saying on stage is not necessarily what he thinks is true or right. It's just that it's funny. It's funny to him and funny to the people who, who like him. If he was just in it for the money or just trying to make weird jokes about whatever, just to, to, to get ahead, I don't think that he would have passed up all that money. And, you know, went to Africa and, and all that. So. And it's really weird. Like, so <clears throat> I, I like, like I said, I really love Dave Chappelle's stand up. I like the last three that came out when people were like, okay, or the last two or three where people were like, okay, he was saying some really fucked up stuff. I think there's like a huge difference to where like how I can view somebody based on what they said versus like based on what they've done. Um, but there's, there's a really, there's a really big difference between what Dave Chappelle, like who Dave Chappelle was as a stand-up comedian, like 15 years ago versus like who he is as a stand-up comedian. Now, I think they're two very different acts. One of the things I like about Dave Chappelle is how like goofy and stupid he fucking was. Like you go back and watch Chappelle's show. It's like, there, 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 there are poop jokes every ten minutes. You know, he he had a I don't remember if it was uh, killing him softly or if it was something else, but he had a joke about a guy like a homeless guy who was jacking off on the bus, and like he he's the only person who could like do that joke and still make it funny. You know, I I still like his stand up and stuff, but like what I really like about Dave Chappelle is how like childish and and, and immature he can be. You know what I mean? That that that's what. That's if I were to put him on my list, it wouldn't be for his most recent stuff. It would be for like the old, you know, goofy ass Dave, like nerdy, goofy ass Dave Chappelle. Yeah, for sure. Hey, baby, it's 3 a.m. <laughs> Get home. <laughs> what are you doing on street corner? <laughs> I'm selling weed. <laughs> I got kids to feed. Dave Chappelle had such a like positive, like approval rating throughout like everybody during the time that Trump was president, he became like this, like something happened. And I want to know a what voice. Dave Chappelle thinks about it. It's, yeah. it's like the Dave it's Chappelle monolith, joke. Yeah. Someone get Ja Rule on the phone. Someone get Dave Chappelle. Like, I want to know what he's doing. Uh, I want to know what he thinks. And like, I, like I said, I haven't watched the new special, so I don't want to like say definitively that that went to his head where he feels like he has to make these big important points instead of telling jokes about, about people jerking off on the bus. But it's, there definitely has been a change in his comedy. And I, I agree. I love, love his old, uh, his old standup specials for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I think that that, I guess it kind of depends on what perspective you look at that whole transition in where like, I also fucking love Chappelle's show. And I love his old stand up. Every time he's on, you know, the Tonight Show or whatever it is, whatever interviews he's on, he's, he's hilarious every single time. I almost feel like because of what he did with, you know, moving to Africa for a while and coming back and kind of having this huge transition of his tone, it, it maybe he feels some kind of responsibility or at least when you watch the specials and stuff, it almost feels like there's some responsibility to speak out towards the things that he thinks is bullshit, which like I said, yeah, definitely probably sounds preachy to a lot of people. Um, but I also think that it's fine to like have this medium where you also tell people that, you know, things are okay. These are funny things. People, you know, we, we, we think things are funny because we don't understand them and they're surprising to us. That's kind of like the basis of, of, you know, funny things or humor is, you know, that shock value or whatever. And while he doesn't have the sort of like, aha, gotcha type humor, it's very like, these are things that I don't understand. And that's why they're funny to me, but it doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that people are bad for doing these things or whatever. And I think that if you, if you, if you kind of look at any comedian in that light, you will definitely see that pretty much every comedian has that. They have aspects of that, of where it's like, you know, not necessarily that they're judging people for certain things, but that they don't understand them. And they think they're, they're talking about them and thinking about them and then crafting their words in a way that's very funny to a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if I'm like ranting too long, defending Dave Chappelle. He doesn't need it. He's like, you know, (laughs) the superstar, but that's actually something I wanted to bring up. Like he, he did this recent special and a lot of people got mad at what he was talking about. And it doesn't seem like Dave Chappelle is mad at the backlash. It's like other people taking up arms for him or against him where he is like, yeah, I expected this. Like you be mad if you want to, like he, he's not the one he's not going on like, you know, TV shows and stuff complaining about cancel culture. I don't think he's doing that. I think like it's other people like championing themselves for him. Right. feels like a lot of virtue signaling maybe, but there's also, I, I also think that if people weren't so up in arms about his content, that that content would not exist in this last special or this last special would be incredibly different. I think that he kind of tackles that in, in the, the special just before this, where he kind of just says like, you know, I made these jokes and they were funny and people in the room laughed when I told them. And I thought that that was that, but apparently everyone wanted to come at me. So I'm going to keep talking about it. And I think that that's I'd like to just say one thing about it and like we don't have to keep beating a dead horse but like I will say I think like the controversy on the special is a little bit manufactured by some people and I'm not saying that anyone is right or wrong to feel the way they feel and I agree with what Dave said is like there's a lot of people that want to take up arms and Dave Chappelle doesn't really give a shit but I will say I think the one thing I noticed more and more and again you can still have the same conclusion but i feel like everything i've heard about this it's like people either didn't watch it yet they're hearing what the controversy is or they legitimately watched the first five or ten minutes and they were just like well he said this so you know i don't need to watch it and i think it's the biggest disservice in the world because i i 
again, I'm not defending. I'm not saying anybody needs to like, you can have, you can still have the same opinion when you finish it, but like, my gosh, like it goes somewhere. And like the ending is definitely very important. Like to really like hear where it goes and how it ends is very important. And again, you may still walk out big going, okay, but I still don't think that was fair. He shouldn't have said that, or that's not okay. You can still have that opinion. I'm not saying it's going to change that, but I just mean, you know, I, it legitimately goes somewhere. And like, I found it extremely interesting where it went and why he felt the way he felt. And he explains it all very well as to why he said what he said and feels the way he feels. So, you know, and it's a story, like it's a legitimate story about some things that happened. So I, I don't know. I just, that's where I'm at with it. And then just, you know, has in general, Dave Chappelle, I think is fucking great. He didn't, he wasn't going to make my list simply because like I said, I feel more and more his specials are him talking or preaching. And I, I will listen to anything he has to say anytime. I just don't feel like I, I laugh at anything he says anymore. Like, I, I don't feel like he's making jokes in the same way he did. Like what Aaron said too. Like Chappelle's show just made me fucking giggle nonstop. Just like a stu- just stupid shit. And I just don't feel like I get that as much anymore. So anyway, that's all I got to say. I think it's interesting too with, with Chappelle, especially in our generation where we grew up watching him on Chappelle's show, which is a very different format and is a very different person, is a different type of humor. So seeing evolution of, of a comedian is really, really very interesting, I think. You can point out a lot of comedians where their their humor and their evolution isn't really that big. It's def- He's definitely evolved from that, like, silly stuff into his his newer, like, type of stuff where he's going to spend an entire special talking about one thing. Or he's going to do a show where he just talks about the George Floyd thing for like a half hour or however long that was he's definitely more into that than the stand-up comedy that we like that we grew up watching him do so yeah i think uh that was there's two more reasons why that he's my number one one is that he did do those things during covid that were kind of like we need to get out here we need to do our jobs or you know do the stand-up stuff we need to get out there and make people laugh and then with the george floyd thing not being something that was particularly funny but also important poignant and i think that that's really cool that he he went out and did that he didn't have to nobody has to do those things but that's what he wanted to do and he did it which is cool yeah and then also the one of the biggest things and i've brought this up a couple times before in our conversations here but he's also one of the comedians that makes my wife laugh laugh the most who again i'll say you know english is a second language which i think is very very it's an interesting perspective because you have somebody who can, who can tell jokes in a way that is universally funny and right. universally understandable, which is it, not everyone can do that. We watch stand up comedians where I'm laughing my ass off and she's just like, I don't really get it. I don't know why you think he's funny. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, humor and the references that comedians are making, is something that gets lost in translation instantly. If you are not uh, connecting on like, a very basic level at the beginning. So like stand-up comedy is something that's really hard to translate um, when you're in a second language, for sure. Let's move on from Dave Chappelle and get Bloodbaths number two. All right. Uh, Really thought I had to go with the uh, female on this one. So again, maybe a controversial pick, but uh, my number two, Amy Schumer. 
Okay. Amy Schumer. All right. Go ahead. Go on. Yeah. Um, all right. Sorry. I had, I did that again. I, I'm lying. I'm not picking Amy Schumer. Fuck. <laughs> um, let me just say before you, you change so this, before you much, change dude. the subject. I, I hate you so much. Before you <laughs> change the subject, Amy Schumer's stand up before she got super famous is actually funny. And yeah, not bad. people, yeah. people just got yeah, mad not that bad. she got famous. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, she stole jokes, but okay. Um, also, my joke was uh, going to be my number one was Dane Cook, but you've already done that twice. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, and I thought about making him one of those jokes too. Um, my uh, my number two is John Mulaney. Um, okay, very good pick. Yeah, uh, you know, if you're not familiar, I mean, John Mulaney's, you know, he's kind of been like the popular comic comedian's comedian for like the last couple of years. Um, he's sort of he's kind of weird because he is this but he's not but like he was he's sort of like the clean comedian like you know he'll kind of cuss but like his he's like real proper and like very uh you know um you know kind of you know clean doesn't you know doesn't cuss a whole lot and like his subject matter is pretty like you know um you know not very raunchy or anything like that but then at the same time it's like you watch the specials and it's like but like it kind of is like he he's also like talked openly about his drug use and like he just you know he's got a lot of con- he's got some controversy at the moment because he uh went to rehab got a divorce and he's having a baby with uh olivia munn i think um so i guess there's some stuff behind that um I don't know. He's just really funny. I think uh, the the material that he finds to to talk about is is kind of like interestingly like mundane, and a lot of it's kind of you know stories about himself and his family, and it's it's presented in a very kind of like straight lace like sort of way. And you know he has these little hints, and every once in a while he'll talk about doing cocaine or drinking too much or something like that. So you get these like little snippets of things. Um, you know he he. Uh, no, I he's just he's kind of just a sort of a different voice. He's he's very opposite of a lot of comedians at the moment. You know, always wears a suit on stage. Um, so you know, he uh, he's uh, he's different. Uh, and I like him a lot. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's really funny. Um, his specials like just crack me up so much. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about him. John Mulaney, he's awesome. He is, and he 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 is a great storytelling comedian. Some of the stories that he yes. tells are so good. His, the story he tells about um, playing "What's New, Pussycat?" on the diner jukebox like eighteen times or something is one of my favorite stand-up like story bits ever. It's so good. Yeah, he yeah really. Uh, I think that's it was that that special. I think where he talks about um, having a party at his friend's house and he ends up drinking a a bottle of perfume uh, <laughs> or something like that. Um, that's really good. Uh, yeah, dude, he, he's just, um, you know, that very kind of classic self-deprecating like style of humor. He's kind of got like a lot of showmanship. Like I said, he wears suits and stuff like that. He's sort of actually, I think this is interesting. I just thought about this the other day. He's like the, I don't know, man, this can be so shitty to say. I think he's sort of like, I think he's a more successful version. That's weird to say too. I think he's a better version of Aziz Ansari. In that I feel like Aziz Ansari tries to be like a real like kind of like you know performer and like a showman, you know, always wears a suit on stage. I feel like the stuff they talk about in their acts is sort of similar, but John Mulaney I think just has more talent and is more creative and how he like 
tells stories and writes the jokes. If that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I'm being weird connecting him, but that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't see that connection at all. I think Aziz Ansari and Mulaney are talking. Their their subject material is super different. They're both like performers they have different on lives. stage. Yeah, well, like Aziz Ansari, he did, but I think... he did a he used to do a ton of material about like about like dating and like life as a you yeah. know, young professional and uh, stuff like that. And John Mulaney tells a lot of stories. He tells a lot of jokes about his parents that are always really funny. Um, cause yeah. I don't know. He, he, John Mulaney is really, really good, but I don't see the connection to Aziz Ansari, uh, at all. all right. But yeah, Mulaney's good. The comedian, John Mulaney, the, the show Mulaney was, uh, just awful, which he will admit, but yeah, he's a, he's a good standup. Definitely agree. I think he has a good balance of like what you're saying. I think that's a, that's how I would, I would definitely explain his stuff is like, it's a balance of like, he can talk about doing cocaine or having like a, an alcohol issue or whatever, but he does it in a way that people, it's not like he's going into the details where it's like, Oh, if you're an alcoholic, you'll understand. Or if you've, if you've done Coke, you'll understand. I think he does it in a way that's like, everybody's going to get a laugh from his, you know, his tales of debauchery or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has a, he has a really good story. He tells about, trying to get like a medical marijuana card and like like getting really nervous <laughs> yeah. and uh getting a prostate exam as a result of like not being able to answer the questions the way he should it's a really funny uh story yeah good uh good call john mulaney uh chris what's your number two uh my number two is gonna have to be bo burnham which yeah i think a lot of people would definitely be like what the fuck why well, I mean, my question to you is would your would Bo Burnham have been on your list before the uh the most recent special? Maybe uh yes, probably. Okay. Ah, that's difficult. Maybe not. I I mean, that last special hit hard in my opinion. I I definitely loved it. Uh, he's super self-aware. Um, which I don't think was the case when he was coming up on YouTube, which I think is a really, I think that's a big thing to bring up too, is that like he, he was this like one of the earlier examples of, of like a YouTube person doing his own thing completely himself uh, going and then eventually becoming like this star. But he addresses his, his bullshit from when he was a YouTube phenomenon or whatever you want to call him, uh, you know, telling jokes that are probably really, you know, off color or whatever and saying i don't want to say like justifying them but definitely talking about them in a way that says like yeah i was wrong and and this is how we can this is how we can learn and blah blah blah. and i'm this you know white middle class guy who got successful so who gives a shit however i still have some funny shit to talk about and the songs are hilarious i think that the way he incorporates music into everything that he does is hilarious it's kind of like quick fire uh jokes coming at you as well as it can be like a whole song that's not super funny until the very end. Um, he kind of has this really interesting way of, of, of telling his jokes in different ways, which is really cool. Um, I also pretty much every special he does is kind of a mix of emotions, kind of a roller coaster. I, especially the last one, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but it's like one minute you're laughing your ass off. Another minute you're like super introspective and then you're like crying. At least that's, that was my experience, but 
Yeah. Yeah, man. The the most recent special was really, really good. And I say this as someone who never found Bo Burnham very funny at all. Like I really, really disliked his comedy uh, and then just basically forgot that he was doing stuff um, until that new special. And it got such critical acclaim. I checked it out and I really, really like it. And it'd been like at least 10 years since I had paid attention to anything he was doing. And he obviously grew up a ton during that time. I'll just say like, I'm not like, I'm not the biggest Bo Burnham fan. Like, I think he's, I think he's very okay. Like a lot of, like, I really did like him back in the day when he was on YouTube. Like he had that new math song that I always thought was like pretty funny. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a good song. And I, uh, I, on the recommendation of this girl I work with, uh, watched uh, the newest uh, special he did. And I, I did not really, I, I didn't care for it. I didn't think it was good or anything like that. But one thing I've noticed like throughout the course of his career is like, and what you said, Chris, is like, he's really, really good at like incorporating music into his act. And like, if I could say like one like really positive thing about him is I bet if he like, you know you know put his knuckles down and decided he wanted to write like a broadway musical or something like that like he could probably write a really really good one and so uh, like i said I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of his but i do think he is very very talented musically and a very very talented songwriter uh and you know i if it came out that like you know like trey parker matt stone did a musical if it came out that bo burnham has a musical coming i would be very interested in like listening to it and hearing you know what he created um I don't know, dude. I I've never liked Bo Burnham. I just don't find him to be funny. Um, it just kind of you know not my thing. I did watch the newest special, um, and it was pretty good. I definitely think it was interesting to watch. Um, he is a good songwriter. I think. I think he makes some like you know, it's it's funny. I think it's a real like, you know, it just a lot of it sounds like Weird Al songs to me, but that's a good thing um but yeah i mean i don't know it's okay the special is okay i mean i don't know if he does another one i might watch it but i'm just yeah not really a big fan i i think that the new special really captured feelings that i had during like the pandemic especially like staying home all the time which i'm perfectly fine doing most of the time but he really captured that like you know that feeling of like or like when you're just depressed in general and you can go do something and it's really, really fun and you have a great time when you're doing it. And then as soon as it's over, it's like back into like the darkness and loneliness. And I think he really captured that in the new special really, really well. Yeah. There's a lot of like just ups and downs, which is definitely something I think we've all experienced. Uh, I think the way that he's kind of innovated um, the format of stand-up comedy is it's just impressive to me. I know that there's been musical stand-up comedians in the past, but um, like uh, like you mentioned, Weird Al. Weird Al actually done any actual stand-up comedy, or did he just like a recording artist, right? Oh no, he's. I don't think he's ever done stand-up. But, yeah, but that's and I'm, the same I'm glad sort of. Like... Bloodbath corrected himself because I will not stand for any Weird Al slander on this podcast, <laughs> regardless of the topic at hand. Instead of Michael Bumpus, it's going to be Weird Al from here on out. Thanks, yeah. Bloodbath. <laughs> Then there's like Dimitri Martin, which he's he's definitely on my short Stephen list Lynch. for honorables. Um, Stephen Lynch, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, the musical stuff, it, it, like it's it can be good, um, but I just feel like he's taken it to a different level of 
kind of making almost like it's self-deprecating in a way that also makes you feel bad about yourself, but in a funny way. I, I guess that's how I view it sometimes. In the most recent special, yeah, like he's, well, he's definitely taken up like the, like, production value of it. He's not just making songs that are funny anymore. There's there's a, right. there's a lot more like process involved in what he's doing. He's making a big cohesive thing, which is something that most stand-up comedians don't do because they just go up on stage and they do their act and people laugh. And the most recent special wasn't a stand-up comedy show. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the, I think it's one of the things that I look for a lot in, in performative or like performative arts is like how how much does it look like you've really just like put your like stuck your neck out there and really just did the work and just fucking went you know all out how much effort does it look like you've put into it and i'm obviously like you'll never know how much effort anybody puts into anything when they're just performing on a stage right right but when you look at someone like bo burnham and the special before this last one i think it's called what if or something um it's it's also it's a huge light show and it's 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 planned audio snippets here and there like in the middle of his jokes and he's got like it's just like there's stuff going on all over the place where it just looks like it took so much planning and i think that's just a personal thing that the same thing with like music or visual arts or whatever it is where it's like if you can see that they've put so much thought and effort into into planning this thing for your entertainment i just have so much respect for that person that they've thought of all the details and that they've executed it in a very very clean and beautiful way right yeah i can definitely agree and i think that's why i appreciate the new special over what i had previously like associated him with which was these youtube you know comedy songs that i just did not like at all there's there's a whole lot more happening now so it's easier to appreciate yeah for sure let's move into number ones and before we do we're going to hear a word from our sponsor Hey everybody, before we do our number one picks, we'd like to talk to you about that magical drink, the one that makes this podcast possible. That's right, we're talking about coffee. At a top three podcast, we are in way different time zones, and we record super late at night for the for most of us actually, and coffee is what makes it all tick. We're proud to share with you one of our favorite local roasteries, Barbell Brew. Barbell Brew provides single-origin coffee beans that are air-roasted in small batches on location in Troy, Ohio, and they're available for shipping nationwide. Check them out at barbellbrew.com where you can find pre-ground or whole bean coffee in several different varieties, or sign up for their Coffee of the Month program for a curated caffeination experience. We also have an exclusive deal for our listeners. 20% off your first order using the promo code TOP3 at checkout. That's the promo code TOP3, that's the number 3 in there, at checkout, 20% off your first order. Barbell Brew also has a really cool program called Coffee for a Cause, where each month they donate a percent of their profits to a different charity. So, follow them at Barbell Brew Coffee Roasters on Facebook and 
at Barbell Brew Coffee on Instagram. And check our episode description for links to those pages and their website so you can get your coffee on. Support local coffee roasters and taste the difference. All right, back to those number ones. My number one is George Carlin, which is something that should not shock people who've known me for a long time. Uh, George Carlin's my number one. He is, um, in my opinion, he is the best stand-up comedian of all time. He just happened to be, I think that he would have changed with the times and like as stand-up comedy is different now than it was in the 70s. I think he would have adapted to that had he, you know, been 20 years younger. Uh, and he did change. Uh, when he started out, he was doing a lot of like, like wordplay based jokes or impressions and uh, kind of silly scenarios talking about uh, euphemisms and things like that. You know, the, the seven dirty words uh, bit that he's probably most famous for. But later in his life, he turned into a very political uh, comedian, just talking about all the bullshit that is kind of forced on people by the people who run shit. And that was like what he basically talked about most of the time as he got older and after his wife died and he became much more uh, cynical. Um, I think both versions of that is really funny. When I was in elementary, not elementary school, when I was in uh, middle school, my dad gave me a copy of the book Brain Droppings uh, by him, which was just like a uh, his album that he wrote out into a book or he recorded the album after. I'm not sure. And I like devoured that. And I would just like say lines from that during my normal life at school. And people probably thought it was weird, but it had like a huge effect on me, uh, that book. And then uh, one quick thing uh, before we go, um, I went to see George Carlin in concert. It was my first live stand-up show. And I went with my dad and I was like, I don't know, maybe 14 or 15 years old. Uh, this was in Dayton. And his first joke, he came out on stage. He said, hello. And then he said, you know what you never hear much about anymore? Pussy farts. And he did this big joke about like, about just like pussy farts. And my dad, I looked over and my dad was cracking the fuck up. And I was like 14. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is, you guys are, this Dave, is so I'm glad bad. Dave said that because I was literally going to, after Dave was done talking, say, you know what my favorite Dave story is? If you don't know his dad, this might not be as funny, but I yeah. was about to tell that exact same dude, bro. That's like imagining your dad laughing when he hears the word pussy farts is the craziest thing yeah. in the world. That is like my all time favorite Dave dad, Dave's dad story. It's, it, it was so, I, I have never cringed so hard in my entire life at the time. Now, like looking back on it, it's very, very funny. You're like, my um, dad's pretty cool. And yeah, and then the rest of the the rest of the show was really really good. Uh, and then he died just a couple of years after that. Uh, so I'm glad I did get to go see him once. But yeah, number one, George Carlin. I think he's the best stand up comedian of all time. I think like, and I, I said earlier, Louis C.K. I think was carrying the torch that George Carlin passed on um, until Louis C.K. ran into his personal problems. Uh, so I agree. Yeah. Number one. I agree 100%.
Uh, I didn't pick Harlan just because uh, I figured it was. I figured that would be a Bumpus for sure, or a Root, or a Weird Al, whatever we're calling it now. Um, <laughs> whatever the yeah, kids are uh, calling it these days. <laughs> a Root. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, he's awesome. He's great. Like I said, maybe the only reason I didn't wouldn't have put, put him on my list is just because I think a lot of his stuff. Sometimes I was like, "That's really interesting," but I'm not necessarily laughing. So. He's also got so much material, man. There, and like you said, he definitely changed a lot. So, yeah, a lot of different eras of Carlin. Uh, George Carlin is actually my number one as well. Atta boy, uh, Alan, you're my best the friend in reason. junior high. You know what's up. Shut up! No, you're I not. Do. No, you're not. I, I'm his best was, friend. <laughs> that was that was, and that's that was my introduction to George Carlin. Were were those exact same books that Dave had? So, uh, no, and for all all of the same reasons, you know, I I don't listen to George Carlin currently, but if I were going to put on stand up comedy, it would probably be George Carlin. He has a lot of like really good um, bits he does where he'll just take like a situation that like we we've all thought about these situations, and there's there's one I'm thinking of where he's like, um, you ever like I don't know this is just me asking you the audience and you guys like, but you ever like walk past a, a, like a, a bush with some berries on it and be like, I wonder how many people died before they found out that those berries were poisonous. Well, George Carlin had like a 10 minute bit about the caveman society experimenting with all the local stuff and being like, yeah, well, uh, those, those berries that they ate and we thought everything was fine because it had been a week. Well, it turns out it takes a long time. So Yeah. Sorry to everyone who kept eating those. And he like so he'll take like that simple idea or like, you know, um the 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 thing where it's like who had the first idea to fucking drink cow's milk and sustain human life based on that. And George Carlin did a bit about that back in like the the 70s. He had a lot of stuff like that that I think is always really really clever and uh I just love his sense of humor about stuff like that. And then when he got into darker, more political things as he got a lot older, um, I think his intelligence really sh- like shined through in that a lot too. Yeah, you see that video circulating like every couple of months where he's basically like talking to the audience about like how like the people in power, like they don't want you to be smart. Like they, they want you smart enough to like press the buttons and fill out the paperwork, but not smart enough to sit around and think about how badly you're getting fucked in the ass. Like, Uh yeah, dude. And, 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 you know, like I'm, I'm on the same like train as bloodbath where I, I, one, I also have brain droppings like on my bookshelf because of you, Uh, but I'm on the same train of bloodbath. Like, I don't like George Carlin so much, you know, for like, like he doesn't make me laugh a lot, but like what he's saying is arguably like some of the most important shit you're going to hear out of a standup special. You know, you know what I mean? Like he, he's, he, he became like almost like an activist, you know, through his act. And like, as he got older and older and older, like that's pretty much all he was doing like towards the end. But like I said, the things he were he was talking about, we are still talking about today, uh, just more. Yeah, and he, he got into a lot of stuff that, like, I feel like I'm coming to these conclusions on my own. Of course, I'm being influenced by things, but he did a lot of material about how, like, 
you know, both political parties are just basically trying to fuck you in the ass and uh, get what they want. They don't give a shit about <laughs> you. And he was doing <laughs> he was doing that material, uh, you know, when I was a lot younger and I didn't and, really and I didn't really understand thing. it. Yeah. And the atheism thing, too, like he was like the only like, at least as far as I, you know, as I remember, he was like the only person going out there and talking, you know, about his atheism and and like calling people stupid for believing in religion and talking about like, you, you know, basically how he thinks religion is a sham and you, nobody did that and nobody could have gotten away with it especially like what in like the fucking early 90s and the 80s that was still shit that like will get you killed like by like the cardinal or whatever i i i, I don't the know the cardinal titles. yeah i don't know religious titles that's just the cool one but like yeah. you know that that's you know if we're gonna talk about like the political things he does like he was a devout atheist and like was unapologetic and like offensive to people who who he, he was like the original let's cancel this motherfucker you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. i see a lot of like him in ricky gervais ricky gervais is like the the goofier british version uh like a lot of his comedy his content is very much like how george carlin was just trying to point out all the bullshit that's happening in the world in a funny way um, yeah they're they're doing I Ricky Gervais hits a lot of the same subjects, but I don't think he has nearly the tact. Oh uh, no no that no, no, no. definitely did. not. I would definitely consider George Carlin like a a much more uh, poignant comedian than Ricky Gervais, but in terms yeah. of the stand up comedy. Mm -hmm. But it's just yeah. interesting to see that like like you're talking about the he's super atheist, very unapologetic, and like very offensive to some people. I do you guys know of any like was he like torn down a lot in, in media and stuff like that did, did people try well, to he he got arrested like several times yeah uh, in the 70s <laughs> so it, it wasn't it definitely wasn't um like well received by everybody i think he got arrested for protesting the vietnam war and stuff like that yeah but he uh yeah he he was definitely not um he was definitely pissing people off basically the whole time. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, for sure. He was uh he was the subject of a first amendment case that went in front of the United States Supreme Court because of the uh, FCC. the seven dirty words. Because of the seven dirty words cuz he called mm -hmm. it the seven dirty words you can't say on television and I can like I just Right. That bit has been a uh, like just seared into my brain the comedic timing of it and everything too um so yeah george carlin that's my number one let's move on to aaron and aaron's number one all right my number one is jay leno have you heard about this have you have you seen this have you heard about this <laughs> <See> bloodbath <laughs> blood, blood, blood that is how you fake people out on an answer nicely done aaron high-fiving myself <laughs> i'm so bad at impressions all right my number one no contest is chris rock chris rock is the funniest stand-up comedian of all time chris rock like what how i would describe how funny chris rock is is by saying look at what the audience is doing as he's telling jokes the the second funniest part of a chris rock special is how nuts the audience is going he is an absolute fucking rock star 
of a comedian. He is somebody that can go into a stadium filled with 25,000 people and they would collapse that motherfucker because of the standing up and the and the bowing and they're taking off their hats and just whipping them like towards him and shit. Chris Chris Rock and you know Dave <laughs> Dave was not happy <laughs> with my with my JB Smooth impression, so I'm not gonna do my Chris Rock impression. <laughs> but it's very good, and it's the only one I can do. And you'll never hear it. I'm not uh, sure. I, I'm not sure which impression is better, Aaron doing Chris Rock or Michael Scott doing Chris Rock. <laughs> I no, and like I said, from from a young age, I think the first, I think the very first like Chris Rock special that I saw that I retained was it had to have been bigger and blacker. That's like the first one I can remember uh, seeing and. Like I said, without going into his jokes, man, Chris Rock is also one of those people that like the farther on they got into their career, the more political they became. But he never strayed away from like the essence of what makes him truly funny. Uh, He was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, He never really had any like standout stuff except for like his Mad X character, which was which was good. Uh, Chris Rock became more famous after he left SNL, which doesn't really happen very often. But that is why he is a movie star is is because of his stand up comedy. Uh, He makes me laugh more than anybody. Uh, And I think uh, they they did like a. uh, like a panel and it was like four standard comedians. It was like him and Jerry Seinfeld and a couple other people. And Jerry Seinfeld told this story about how one time uh, they were all, they, they were performing like a show with a couple of them. And uh, Chris Rock went out on the stage and he brought the house down. Unlike anybody he'd ever seen do before like that. That's what Chris Rock was. He, he was a star like this was back when HBO was just still kind of like the hey watch movies that just came out but without having to go to the video store and rent them channel like Chris Rock was out there doing these HBO specials and like I you know I, I can't name them all off the top of my head but four five in a row absolute 10 out of 10 stunners. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go on. Chris Rock is the funniest person in the world to me, and I'm not going to do his bits. But I, I, it was this was the easiest number one I've ever had to do. So uh, Chris Rock for sure, no contest. Chris Rock commands the stage more than anyone I've ever seen like do stand up. He is in what he's in full control of the audience at all times during those specials. It's really incredible. This make oh man, I want to do some. I want to do a depression so bad. <laughs> Just do but it. I, I want to hear it. I really want to hear it. I'll do it off air. I swear. Okay. I will say uh, that one of the hardest times I've ever laughed. I said this on an episode a couple episodes ago in the sitcoms episode. The hardest I've ever laughed was at some random joke in Becker. <laughs> Becker. <laughs> the second hardest I've ever laughed is Aaron doing a Chris Rock impression about like them trying to get volunteers to go help clean up after a hurricane or something. And Aaron did this like one minute long Chris rock impression. And I like, I blacked out cause I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I love the bit that he does. And I, I I'm not going to do it. Uh, but I really <laughs> like my favorite Chris do rock it, bit is the uh, one where he talks about like, he's like, I, he's like, I don't think there should be a gun control. He's like, I think there should be bullet control because if, if every bullet costs $5,000, you would think long and hard before you shot somebody like, <laughs> looking at him like, man, I would blow you away if I could afford it. And if that, I... <laughs> like that, that whole, 
Like that whole bit on bullet control is literally stuck, like burned into me, man. Like he he's he's just he's he's just really good at being political, but still like keeping on a level like, hey, the everyman can understand what I'm I can talk about these like big important things, but like the everyman will understand what I'm talking about. I can put it to him in a context that like doesn't make me seem you know, like like a douchebag. Like I, I, I am one of you. Like I can bring it down to this level and still be like prolific. You know what I mean? I, he, he's just my, like, he makes me laugh. All I want to do is Chris rock bits right now, but like, I want this to last a couple more. Episodes. I think you're right. Like about him being like a rock star. If you just put like a guitar in his hand, he would just be, he would like command the stage, just get everyone's attention. And, it would fit completely because he's just he's perfect for that he's perfect on stage it's like that's where he some belongs. people are yeah, yeah some people are born to do things it is very obvious chris rock was born to stand on stage and tell jokes something i always think about with chris rock is uh, another stand-up that i really like roy wood jr did this joke about how like his very mom funny hate, dude his mom hates chris rock because he's walking around too much like <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah his specials he's back and forth yeah. he's constantly oh. pacing back and forth across the stage and she's just like, i don't like him why does he walk around so much and what's really funny is uh uh donald glover had a really good stand-up special where he talked about he wanted to do this uh chris rock bit about the difference uh, he uh, about black people and he uh he but his parents wouldn't let him do it because it was like too offensive so what he did is he did the chris rock bit where he was like there's a difference between black people and vampires and he did the <laughs> whole chris rock <laughs> bit only using the word vampires in place of and that made me like donald glover like a lot like i was like oh shit donald glover to me are the exact same person i should have his career he should give me his stuff but uh, that was a very, very, very good bit that he like did only using a Chris Rock bit, replacing one word with another. I, like I said, I, I think there are a lot of stand up comedians, you know, over the last like 25 years that will never attain the amount of success that Chris Rock did from his stand up career. And like I said, the, the I can go back and watch any Chris Rock special tonight and I'm going to be laughing my ass off. Do you like his acting, too? sometimes so like he was really funny in dogma uh i'm like one of those weird people uh who and by the way louis ck wrote this movie i i'm one of those really weird people who likes pootie tang like i, th- I think he's very <laughs> very fun- i thought he was very funny in pootie tang uh me and dave loved head of state me and dave convinced our government teacher in junior year to let us watch head of state when we were talking about government and yeah. it's the three the, branches that movie is of government. So funny. We're like, Down we, we should is... watch this Chris Rock movie. This is going to help us <laughs> learn he, about the three and branches he of government. Let us, dude. <laughs> what? Like, I have no idea why he let us like why he let us watch that movie. But like, we were like, no, like everybody in our class, like you got to watch uh, Head of State. We're going to watch a government movie or something. This is going to be the one you have to watch. It's like him and Bernie back. <laughs> I'd rather Bernie watch Mac that uh, than fucking Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Straight up, straight up, dude. Skull. And I just, I just remember like just people like just being like, hey, that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like happy we got him to pick that movie. Uh, so if you're asking me, do I like him as, I don't think he's a good actor or anything, but I, I think Chris Rock is the funniest person in the world. And I, I enjoy his movie. Yes, especially Booty Tang. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on from Chris Rock and get Alan's number one. Very did. We did? 
Oh, it was uh, George Carlin, right? That's okay. right, Dave. Okay, then let's get Bloodbaths number one. All right. Uh, again, another comedian that I think a lot of people are not uh, always so fond with these days, but uh, my number one, uh, Joe Rogan. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> no, up. shut up. Give me this time now. Bloodbath, the no, well dude. is dry, my friend. The well is dry. I always, no. I always want to be like, oh, interesting pick. That's I'm, I'm curious to hear why. No. You got one person, Bloodbath. Good job. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with my uh, number one, uh, Louis C.K., and I don't need to say anything else about him. He's He's great. You can talk to you can use this opportunity to talk about Carrot Top if you want to. No, I I <laughs> uh Carrot Top did a Comedy Central has this YouTube series called This Is Not Happening where they have uh comedians just tell yeah. stories. It's like so long form storytelling. It's like 18 minute stories. Um like, That's a very uh, cool little thing. Roy Wood Jr. did one that was really, really yeah, funny, too. His, he did one that was very... Carrot Top did one, and it was really good. Uh, so, respect to Carrot Top. Uh, okay, anyway, Chris, what's your number one? Oh, like I said earlier, my number one's Dave Chappelle. Well, I already went on a rant about him and why I like him a lot. Um, so, I won't say too much more other than... Come on, titty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, I just think he's he's very balanced. I think that his career has taken a really, really cool uh path. Kind of like what we were saying with I'm not trying to equate the two, but like how you talk about with George Carlin, how he started one way and kind of shifted into another, talking about the things that he thinks is important. And I just think yeah. that yeah, the the way that he's taken his art form and made it uh made it something made it about something more than just making people laugh, which is obviously the that's the goal in stand-up comedy but he's he's trying to he's trying to do something more with it i think that that's a really important thing and you see that you know with with all sorts of art forms and i think that he's doing it in a really really good way and i think that he's standing his ground and he is he's just i don't know has a lot of dignity and and confidence and he commands the audience it's fun to listen to fun to watch so yeah yeah Come on, come on, Titty. (laughs) (laughs) Do do watch his latest special. I think that uh, the way you guys talked about it, it it definitely I I don't think that it's going to disappoint you in the way that you might expect it to. I sat down to watch it the other day. It's just it's just not on Korean Netflix. And I'm I don't like I don't like watching Netflix enough to fuck around with my VPN and stuff like that anymore. So anyway, I'll get to it. Let's move into honorable mentions, uh, which will be lightning round style. You guys, uh, just as I predicted, cut down like seven off of my honorable mentions list. So I'm just going to throw out three people real quick. Jim Gaffigan, Dave Attell, and Brian Regan. Those are my honorable mentions. Great. Uh, Aaron, how about you? Uh, My honorable mention is going to be Sarah Silverman. Uh, I know that's a that, that's a little weird, but like Sarah Silverman is super fucking hilarious, and she has a couple of specials that are killers. So Sarah Silverman, honorable mention. Yeah, very funny. Alan, how about you? He's like, I only know three comedians. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. 
Okay, well, uh, we're going to say Alan's honorable mention is Carrot Top then. Steve, how about you? I finally made it. <laughs> uh, uh, my honorable mentions are uh, Dana Gould, Jim Jeffries, uh, Patton Oswald. Um, oh, fuck. Jim Jeffries is a great one that I didn't think about. Yeah. Um, Mark Marin. Mark Marin. Yeah. Um, God, I had one more. Who? Uh, Dana Gould. Um, it was Carrot Top. Oh, damn it. I had. I it's the remember. tall guy okay. from Everybody yeah. Loves Raymond. <laughs> yes. <Nope. laughs> yes. But yeah. Dude, good call on Patton Oswald. He's definitely one of my favorites, and I just forgot. 100%. One of the best. And uh, I like Mark Marin's stand up a lot, too. I like how neurotic his uh, his material is. It really works. Yeah, he's funny. Dude, I have a. Just real quick. I used to like Jim Jeffries a lot when he was uh, just telling stories because I think he's a great storyteller. And then he switched his act into like the USA is stupid, which as an Australian comedian, I think is really fucking lame. I mean, I think the US is stupid, but I'm an American and I'm not making a career out of this. I thought that career change was very stupid and not funny. I don't I, I actually disagree. Like I really like that part of his act. I will say I don't think an American comedian could make a career off of that and it would take somebody from another country to be like, Okay, like I can find this funny. But that, you, that's you know, fair enough. Tip oh, uh, sorry, I, I remember who uh David Cross. David oh, Cross good. very oh, nice. funny. <laughs> yeah. See, he did a whole special about how stupid the US is and he's American. He's also good. not as successful as a stand up comedian as Jim Jeffries is. Well, Jim, Jim Jeffries got famous before he started doing that. Just saying, which is mm-hmm. which is weird. He, you heard about you heard about David Cross? You heard about that? <laughs> uh, Chris, what's your honorable mention? I'd say probably the maybe the top one would be Daniel Tosh. I know that that might turn some people off, but dude, Daniel Tosh is awesome. Yeah, he's so good. He's really. He's, awesome. yeah, I like Daniel Tosh. He, he he just has this air. Like a lot of comedians have that. Like, oh, I'm gonna say this. Ha ha ha! It's funny. Maybe I don't really believe it, but. Daniel Tosh has this air of like, I am going to say this. I'm better than you. I'm richer than you. I'm more handsome than you. And I actually believe that. So fuck everybody. And then he just disappears. He just disappears forever until his new special comes out like years later. He pulls that off. He pulls that act off. Yeah, for sure. I don't really like Tosh.0 very much. um, Just because I'm like, I don't love (laughs) I think I liked it a lot more before. But I don't really have my finger on the pulse of like the, the, like YouTube and TikTok and all that stuff right now these days. So it's just kind of like a lot of it's lost on me these days. But yeah, his standup is is so funny. It's one of those comedians that definitely just has me laughing the whole way through. And then I would also be really sad if I didn't mention Mike Birbiglia. Oh, good, good, good. Mike Birbiglia yeah, is awesome, really man, for sure. And I think it's funny how I said like, hey, no Americans can get away with that act. And then you said David Cross and Dave Tosh. And it was like, oh, the very next two fit that bill. All right, never mind. Yeah. Just <laughs> my ass. I saw Daniel Tosh live with my mom, which was a fun show. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very good. Uh, he, he was really good. Um, man, Tosh.0 was really funny. I really liked that show until it just turned into like, hey, here's your, right. weekly, here's, here's your weekly video of someone breaking their leg skateboarding. Yep. And I was like, okay, yeah. no, not for too me much, anymore. Too much, 
too much leg brain, too much like gruesome injuries for yeah, me. Too many right, compound dude. fractures on Comedy Central for me. <laughs> right. It honestly just felt like you didn't need a show for it. Like that stuff's Correct. all available online already. If you just yeah. look at the and most he, popular trending shows, that. yeah. 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 And he, he's yeah. like, uh, this is the show that this is. Welcome. Thank you for this paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's get into our listener responses for this episode, fellow stand-up comedy fans. And I'll get started with Chris N., whose number three is Mike Berbiglia. Uh, Very funny, very funny comedian. Number two, Anthony Jeselnik, who hasn't been mentioned yet, but I also love Anthony Jeselnik. I think he's very funny, too. Number one, Bo Burnham. An honorable mention to Middle Ditch and Swartz. Never uh, heard of them. Middle Ditch is uh, Silicon Valley. You know Middle Ditch, right? Oh, Thomas Middleditch, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, Schwartz is the fucking Parks and Rec, the crazy party guy. Oh, okay. Middleditch and Schwartz is really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Uh, my least favorite sitcom character of all time, John Ralphio. <laughs> yeah, but Middleditch and Schwartz is really, really good. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I realize it's a character. It's not who that person actually yeah. is. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and read the next answer, but John Ralphio is like the opposite. I think he's like the funniest. Okay, so next up we have <laughs> Rick. We have Rick number three, Michelle Wolf, who is very funny. She did the uh, the correspondence dinner like a year or two ago, whatever it is, and uh, she was very very good. Uh, number two, Norm Macdonald. Number one, George Carlin. Uh, next up is Jamie, whose number three is Jim Jeffries. Number two is. Eliza Schlesinger and number one is Patton Oswalt. Honorable mention Maria Bamford and Kathleen Madigan. Kathleen Madigan. Maria Bamford's super very funny. funny. Okay, yeah, there so we go. Kathleen Cover Madigan. both of them. There we go, there we go Dave. <laughs> High five. Teamwork. All right. Next up is Rat Boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number three is Dave Chappelle. Number two is Bill Burr. Number one, Tom Segura. An honorable mention, Jim Gaffigan and Brian Regan. Very good. I just want to tell this. I just want to tell this story to make Rat Boy laugh. Uh, Brian Regan had this bit where he was like, "Hey, so you can get a DUI, and then they have another one called aggravated DUI." And he's like, "What's that all about?" The cops <laughs> like, "Sir, do you know why I pulled you over?" Yeah, I know why you pulled me over. Like that. <laughs> I'm also sad we didn't talk more about Jim Gaffigan. He's he's very he's funny, so good, very yeah. very very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt R. Number three is Sam Kinison. Number two, Rodney Dangerfield. Number one, Robin Williams. With an honorable mention of Ralphie May. All right, so Matt R. is 48. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> My dad loved Sam Kinison. I do not get that. I thought he was very weird. But Aaron, you love Ralphie May. <laughs> I do like though, for real. Ralphie, Ralphie May is really funny. funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, rest he's in pretty peace, funny, dude. Oh shit, he's dead, dude. Ah. All of Matt's list is dead. Kinnison, Dangerfield, Robin Williams, and Ralphie May. They're all Holy dead. Holy shit! I did not know Ralphie May was dead. That is awful. Oh, dude, he died a while ago. Yeah, I, I, I guess I shit. R.I.P. <laughs> yep. Uh, next up is Tom. Tom's number three is Jerry Seinfeld. I, I also saw Jerry Seinfeld live uh, with my mom. Great live show. Probably a good one to see with your mom, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah much, right, better than, exactly. much better than George Carlin. Not Daniel Tosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Daniel Tosh was surprisingly fine. There was nothing like super embarrassing about his act. <laughs> there was no pussy farts jokes uh, with his act. Uh, anyway, uh, 
Tom's number two is Rodney Dangerfield and number one, Norm McDonald. All right, next up we have Jake, uh, number three, Rory Scoville, uh, number two, Bill Burr, and number one, Anthony Jeselnik. I want to, real quick, Anthony Jeselnik's act is super, like, he is like the guy who's trying to offend you with his jokes. I think he does that really well. But sure. Anthony Jeselnik in interviews and, like, podcast appearances is really, really entertaining. He's a Normal. really smart yeah. guy. Honestly, yeah, I think sure. that concept probably kept me from putting a couple people on my list was like, are you funny outside of your act? And there's a few that are like hilarious on stage and just kind of boring, you know, in an interview or whatever. Yeah, I, I like I would bet that Jim Gaffigan is I mean, I know he is like entertaining to listen to, but he's not joke a minute all the time when he's off stage. I talked about Jim Gaffigan with with Ashley and we kind of decided that that he would be on the list if he if his specials had some sort of I don't know some more evolution to them but it seems like he always talks about being American being fat and being really white and he does yeah. it hilariously every single time but it doesn't really change that's true yeah but he is one of the best for sure no for sure. real shade on him as a comedian not at all all right, and to round out our listener responses, we have Craig, whose number three is John Mulaney. Number two is Brian Reagan. And number one is Jim Gaffigan. Honorable mention, Mitch Hedberg. Very good. And uh, Craig, Craig's second honorable mention is a stand-up comedian uh, who I just learned of whose name is George Kirby, who made appearances <laughs> on the Ed Sullivan Show. I remember that, dude. Also, I just before we stop, I just want to say like nobody in any capacity said Greg Geraldo, and I wanted to say his name oh, because yeah. I think that guy is oh, dude, actually I fucking awesome. Was thinking about saying yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Greg I mean, and, and, and we didn't talk about roasts either. And Greg Geraldo and uh, Jeff Ross are the best at it and deserve to be mentioned in this podcast, even for a quick second. Yeah. Um. Real quick though, I did get a last minute text message submission for uh listener picks okay uh sean is going with his number three mitch hedberg number two emo phillips and number one stephen wright emo phillips is such a weird it's such a weird weird pick like i i i get it like he's like again one of those like one-liner like like old old school one-liner comedians but like number two ever that's a little strange that's all i have nothing else to say about emo phillips well that he also he obviously <laughs> likes those one-liner comics because Stephen yeah. Wright was on there, and Stephen sure. Wright is Stephen awesome. Wright's so good, very funny. All right, so thanks everybody for writing in your list of stand-up comedians. We appreciate you very much. If you would like to support the show once again, the best thing you can do is tell your friends about it. Um, I'm not, and like I gave you that suggestion at the beginning of. You go to your local open mic. Uh, things are starting to open up, open up again. Your opportunities to get on stage are uh, growing. So use those opportunities to get on stage and either preach about a top three podcast or just press play on your phone and stick it up into the microphone. Yeah, that you would see be this much top appreciated. three podcast? Have yeah. you heard about this? Have you seen, have you seen this top three podcast? <laughs> Love that. Absolutely. <laughs> Why does my gelato have a lisp? I can't explain that. 
all of your impression we we didn't let Aaron do his Chris Rock impression but his Chris Rock also has a lisp <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear that Chris Rock impression before had, he all, it's not good I don't know why Dave laughs so much I don't know why well I do know why but I can't say on this podcast so thank you once again for listening check out our social media pages at a top three podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that is where you will see calls for listener top threes. We will collect those about a week before recording each time. So be on the lookout for our upcoming topics. I want to thank Aaron, Alan, and bloodbath for joining us. And uh, most importantly, thank you, Chris, for coming on the show. It was good having you on here, man. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And for those who are listening in the Seoul, South Korea market, where we have a strong foothold, top three podcast is uh, doing numbers in Seoul. But if you're in uh, if you're in Korea and you like coffee, go look up Groove Coffee Roasters on uh, Naver or Instagram. I will put a link in the episode description. Best coffee in the city. I just oh, drank several cups. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Have you heard about goodbyes? Have you seen have you well, seen these goodbyes? I mean, <laughs> what's the deal with Discord anyway? <laughs> Discord, we're talking together and having a good time. Where's the Discord? <laughs> hey, cool. <laughs> Fuck you, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Jerry Seinfeld, could you guys tell? I thought you were yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you were doing your version of a Chris Rock impression. Yeah. It's Discord. Where's the Discord? <laughs> ten out of ten ending. No notes. All right, Aaron. Wait, where's your? Do your Chris Rock uh, for Chris so he can uh, so he uh, can go in peace. <laughs> so, all right. Ah, uh, uh, shit. Which bit should I do? That's the thing. Oh, okay. Uh, do the guns I and think, bullets one. Yeah, I think every bullet should cost five thousand dollars. Every bullet costs five thousand dollars. You think long and hard before you shot somebody, you're gonna be like, Man, I would fucking kill you if I could afford it. All right, there you go. <laughs> that was terrible. That's I loved what, it. Yeah, yeah. So bad. <laughs> I just I, I nailed I nailed the five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. Yeah. That's that's exactly Aaron was doing said. that. He was doing that thing about going into a hurricane. He's like, They want me to go into New Orleans? I ain't getting wet. <laughs> Like that. I'm also just gonna picture you pacing back and forth across your room while you told that joke.